and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm what should have been called Shizaro, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 518. Oh, Shizaro, you are going to have so much fun with the Shazam book this week. (laughs) You love the fun time Shazam book, but we'll get to that in a, a little bit, very quickly, actually. I think that we'll get through this plethora of books this week. Fairly quickly. Stop Some of it. these are kind of quick reads. You're I'm, just, I'm trying to jinx us. I'm the cousin Oliver all you podcast. Ever do. That's all I do, do, Eric, as you like to say. Hey, everybody. Oh, you weirdos. Welcome to episode 518 of the Weird Science Thank you. Comics Podcast. And we are going to have, as I said, six books for this nightly venture. I don't know what I was going to say, Eric, adventure. but we have Batman and them. Not a, I don't know. There's not a lot the adventure of adventure in the night, everybody. This week. Yeah, it is. With a K. Uh, with all of that, I should hit my comedy deal. Uh, with all of that, though, if yeah, you want to yeah, really find out where or go and see us anywhere else on those intranets, you can go to the Twitters and we're there at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back and go over to our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, where I hear little little birdie told me that one Eric Shea might start doing some videos with me and I'm very excited oh, too about much pressure that. now can't do it oh no see that's why I have it. I have to say it so it kind of nails you down no, no, you're that never works that never <laughs> works I'm de- well I don't want it now I guess it doesn't work I'm a liar people uh but you did say you're gonna end up talking with me on some things and doing your oh, own yeah. stuff so that'll be pretty cool we're gonna do more over there it's 2024 baby this is what you do it is th- no that's 2017 <laughs> we're always late I'm I, I, I said to you the idea where we never did a lot of youtube stuff because we, we just didn't know how to do it we're dummies i still we don't, don't like how. look we don't like looking into things is the problem we're a bit lazy is what happens but i've been doing more and more stuff over there and then you're going to join me uh and even join such people as Zach and Matt and Gray and Stork. Oh, There's a lot there? of stuff going on. Well, they're on the Marvel side <laughs> things for the most part. Marvel? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Marvel uh, indeed. I don't agree yeah. with any of this. But also, you can go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where you can get written reviews from Sus Gabe and who doesn't want those. And then finally, you can go to our Patreon to help us out for all of this stuff, all wrapped up in the one, and that's patreon.com slash weirdscience. And that does have not just the DC stuff, but it also has Marvel, indie, manga, and even some entertainment. Or is it edutainment? I'm not sure, Eric. But one of I the do. big plays each week is every yeah, it's neither. Every Thursday night, me and Eric do a DC Comics Spotlight episode exclusive to the Patreon, where two books are picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> and this week, they ended up picking Neil before Zod number one. And Titans Beast World, colon, colon, tour Atlantis, colon, number one. We the talked about books. those, and it ended up being a fairly long episode, kind of longer than what I see most people's regular episodes are. I don't know why we, we run ourselves through the mill like that. Say that's that. I feel like you do. cut like 25 minutes off of what we actually had at oh, some I point. Oh, I did. I actually had to, only because I was having problems editing it. And it got to like 3 a.m. and I had to go to bed, Eric. I was so <laughs> So I actually told some people about it, and I'll probably put that up as some bonus material because it was me and you. I don't even know what what got into us just talking about stuff that we like reading and talking about year ones and things. It was fun, though. Good stuff. And I do have that on a side deal that I'll put up. Uh, isn't that called the B roll? Isn't that what people do? The B roll. I will tell everybody if you want to 
hear what all the craze, the, the big craze of weird science this week. You have to go and listen to that exclusive spotlight because I have people coming out of the woodwork. I can't believe Eric said this certain word. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, oh it's all coming back now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were wondering what I was talking about. Every, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe. Eric, I I beeped it a bit. I'm a shock jock. I beeped it a bit, but you could. I made sure you could tell what you said, and then I you could people. One of the persons got a hold of me. He's like, you were really like, I was out of sorts for a second. I started trying to talk, and I couldn't even say anything. And then I ended up going like, I I don't even know why. I said, what are you Scottish? That didn't make sense. It works for me. <laughs> Scottish. It made us laugh. I, you shocked me. You shocked me with that tongue of yours. I was gonna. We didn't even say anything at the end. I completely forgot about it. Then I start editing. And I'm like, "Holy crap! What is he doing? Oh my god! You're European suddenly, Eric. No limitations. And that is no limitations. But that's what the Patreon's all about. And if you want to see or hear what we're talking about, just go to Patreon.com. <laughs> people are probably sitting there like, "You guys curse a lot on this podcast. Seriously. What can you possibly do?" Think of what he might possibly be able to do. And it's not, well, I can't say it's not hateful, but it's not hateful. It's not. It's, it's just not usually used in the United States the way that, that you like. But I've heard that from you before. You, you fashion yourself a European, as I said. So that is a, I don't know why that's the whole way of like, hey, everybody, you got to go hear Eric. Guess what tongue. he did. But if you do want to go check Shut it out right world. now, you can go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science and sign up for a seven day free trial. Then you can listen to all Eric's curse words. It'd be great. Hooray. I actually had my man Sully, who I've talked to you about uh, today, said that he thinks that I missed my calling, that I should have been a morning zoo DJ. And I said to him, you don't understand, but like that is my main goal. That was what I wanted to you be. should have had a morning shift at a local zoo. Oh, man. What is, oh, I get it. That is a beast world joke, right? A beast world. Not yeah. Really. Not really, but with all of that said and done, Eric, again, I, I just, it, you get me flustered with that tongue of yours, but here <laughs> is the, here is the roll call. This is the bad ass roll caller. Uh, uh, what did Eric say? I don't know, but he's going to get in trouble. So here are the bad asses. Did you like my Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> David Fink at Trevor, Dad Nation. Yeah, yeah. Eric K, Jeffrey Greek, Zach Walker, The Annihilator, Ted Probes, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S, Cam, Matt Razor, that's Dr. Matt to me and you, Niels, a T-Wart, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue42 to me and you, he has the the vid, he, he's feeling a little down, Michael G, Comic Boom, Rocky, Scary Potter, I thought with this tongue you were going to fill beer of the bad pod, Robin, Carlos, No Wolf, Marv, Matthew Rapier, Luke Hollywood, Sending out like the signal to Luke Hollywood. The guy's got to get a hold of me. I, I can't get a hold of that guy. Uh, where am I? Simon. I get a hold of Simon. Luis. Man, shoot. Speaking of somebody we haven't heard from forever, he's still alive. Andrew and Belfast. Swanee. Anthony G. Josh Vermillion. Mark. Uh, Batman Beyond Mark. B. Muir. Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo, Canada. I got to tell you something about Brandon in a second. Double A Ron doxing his ass in Minnesota. Boom. All time great. Rob Lewis. Brandon sent me a pic. I forgot to send you the picture, but Brandon sent me a picture that he was at a Buffalo Bills game. He said it was last year and they like commandeered one of the workers like carts, like golf cart things. And they started going around 
and doing Fast and the Furious. I have no idea why anybody in Buffalo would let those things anywhere near a stadium. Oh, it's it so funny. Bad news. And you know what? They they didn't get in trouble. Because the ladies who's cut it was the land. Well, that and she liked their denim vests. <laughs> that's that's all you need to do. Commit crimes in Buffalo. Wear denim. Wear well, denim, Erica, and you are fine. But it, it did crack me up the whole play. But again, we're going to go off. We have a plethora of books. We're going to do some you know fun skewering, reviewing, and just to let everybody know again. I did this last week, but I do like to say because all these fights and things going on, just because we like or don't like something doesn't mean that you have to hate us you can still like us we try to have fun with the stuff and everybody's opinion counts eric except yours yours doesn't count at I'm all i'm okay and, with that and no vendettas none at all no oh, yeah, is that new year's all. resolution you no know, well new year's resolution i do have a story a bit i was gonna i wasn't gonna talk about it because it involves bowel movements but i told you before i am trying to you have a little more vegetarian diet, but this was before. It just means vegetables in general, I would hope, because you never eat those either. Well, kind of. It's more fruits, Eric. I'm not a big vegetable. Oh, you're a fruitarian. Fan, I've had some vegetables, but I, I ended up doing this in uh, December and then, okay, keep going. But at first, I, I tried to ease my way in. Usually, I go nuts and just go full bore. So I was like, at first, I was eating two meals and then having some meat at night, whatnot. But then for the last couple of weeks, I haven't had any meat. I decided to have a lasagna today. And I was like, oh, these are pretty good. I got one and it was in the fresh. So I, I made it just to get rid of it. I feel like crap. I, the minute I ate it, I, swear to God, I, I didn't even have like two bites and already I had diarrhea. You're talking to me and you feel like crap. What the hell you said? No. And, and that's the thing. I, why did I eat it before the, because I was actually going to come on Because you today. needed to tell me that you felt like crap. You, you have I think an addiction. That's it. I don't have addiction. I think I need to set up obstacles. It's your small talk. It's an obstacle. Oh, how dare you, Eric? I know where you're going with your big talk. Your big That's man right. talk and your tongue. Uh, no, I ended up Go eating over there and clutch your pearls some more. And I really felt good all day. And then I did that. I did that. And it screwed me. But hopefully I'll be able to get past that. But if you if you hear like little peeps and perps, that, that might be me or peeps and perps. But here we go. And it, here ow. we go. <laughs> I hope that I don't do it that loud that after I do all of the, you know, get rid of noise and stuff, if, if it comes through after that, I'm leaving it in. You will leave it in there. Unlike that. Let word the boy set. watch. <laughs> Let the boy fart. I did watch a video about uh, Bjork. Remember Bjork back in the day? Of course I remember Bjork. Yeah. She thinks it's funny when people fart. I'm like, oh, Bjork, well, you, you're so crazy. I just love the idea. For for no reason whatsoever, you're watching something about Bjork of all people, and your big takeaway is she thinks it's funny when people fart. It was she was on some MTV show, and it was like spin the wheel of questions, and one of them was, do you think it's funny when people fart? And she started. She actually said, now get this, Bjork what is a this, uh, MTV show. It's come like ninety four. Somewhere so around you're just there. watching some random 1994 MTV oh, show. I was with Bjork watching on a it. bunch of Bjork things. Bjork actually gave away What's an award with, with Coolio. It was hilarious. But she ended up and tell me if this isn't the greatest answer. I should play. I might even play it before the podcast. Like I'll play it intro That's in. Right. People will be all excited. She said there's some farts that aren't so funny, but then some farts. They are funny. And it's true, right? It's true, Eric. And there's She's some conversations that are funny and some conversations and that are <laughs> And this one is, and then there's shit in your pants. That's not good. Eric, I, I just want to tell you, I'm an adult. That doesn't happen. But we're going to go off to the books, and hopefully 
None of these books shit the bed, right? See, I tied it all in. I think, some, it. Of them, I think some of them will shit the bed, Eric, but we'll get oh, to no. that in a just the a bed. moment. Zornar, Eric, it's it's a tough time for the old Batmans. I mean, one book, he's a has damn been. werewolf. It's been a tough time for Batman throughout <laughs> DC Universe is. for years and years. I, I, I get that. I, I do, Eric. I feel bad for the man. But all in all, are we at a point where you kind of have to say some writer comes in and say, listen, you got to let Batman get a win. Now and again, because you're really upping it up each time. Like each time somebody comes in, Grant Morrison ruined a lot by saying every writer has to kill Batman. So you have that as there. It's always. But really, I think somebody has to come in and just even if it's just a little run, like, listen, we need Batman to win. We need Batman to do things well, that work. Well, that's the problem work. right now because we consider, like, you know, uh, Joshua Williamson to be the architect of DC Comics right now for everything he's doing, like behind the scenes to try to set up what the world's going to look like going forward. And I don't know if that puts him in charge of what books are going to be, such as something like a Batman, but he's come out in an interview recently to say that he believes that when people have good times in comics, they don't sell. So you constantly have to have bad things happening for drama to happen so people feel invested because if good things are happening to the heroes, well, they're going to go and spend their money somewhere else. I'm like, I don't agree with that at all, but whatever. I, I, I want to get a hold and Joshua Williamson supposedly doesn't really like us. I want to get a hold of him and say, listen, Dan DiDio Jr., that's what he said about Nightwing all the time. He flat out said no hero can have any sort of good times. They always have to have the tragedy to get their origin and then go forward. I kind of go back and forth with that, but I will say Nightwing hasn't done that bad. Even though we haven't enjoyed the Tom Taylor Nightwing, we think that it's kind of empty calories. It's not doing that bad. So maybe people have to start thinking things through. And I will say that there's even a book like Shazam will get and uh, Mark Wade's Batman, Superman, World's Finest. It's not that they win all the time or Constant have a great drama. time, but they actually, the thing is, you have you have to mix some of the good times in. I agree. You can't just have it dark. And I think that what I was getting at, too, is it really does feel like we're at some weird breaking point overall of what are the next, what are each of these writers? Because usually back in the day, in my mind, 
we had, first off, longer runs. So we're having a yeah. lot of writers. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, Batman has gone through more writers in the past bunch of years than I think he ever has. And when each one comes in, they want to do their big, dark story. But, and the joke has become, and you said, when has he had the things? You end up, you know, City of Bane. Then you go into Joker, War, War of Jokes and all the stuff. I, I couldn't Joker remember War, everything. Yeah, I don't know why Joker War sounded weird, but yeah, Joker War, Fear State, and then you even have Gotham War, all this stuff, and, and then the big events. It just feels like when you read Batman, it, while things are big, they don't feel as big anymore because he's always you're always reminded of, oh, well, that guy's doing this well. Two months ago, that happened, and this and that. Even when you have, say, a Night Terrors, and it kind of hinges on him as well. But that whole play... It's not here nor thou because we have Zornar and he is going to do something in this Batman book as well to start with. And and I like the spin. There's a weird spin here that I didn't see many people talking about that we'll get into and I'll ask you about when we get to uh, after I read the credits. Batman 141 written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Jorge Jimenez, Tomo More, and Clayton Cole. So you get into this and... I said, Grant Morrison said, oh, man, every writer has to kill Batman. And that became kind of a bad trend and things like that. But one of the other things that a lot of people do, one of our favorites was Scott Snyder, is to come up with that idea Batman needs Batman to continue. So what would Batman do to Batman? Is he going to clone people? Is he going to do this? That's why I love the idea of his Genesis program. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. I like this twist here as we get into this issue as this isn't Batman's plan, but it is the same plan. It's Zor and R coming up with the, hey, listen, you're kind of beaten down. You're not as good as you were. I'll take over. You always want something to continue. I'm going to continue the fight for Gotham. It's one of those things again, though, when I laughed about the Gotham War, you had Selena say, oh, listen, we'll we'll just rob rich people. There's no way Batman's going to go for it. There's no way Absolutely he's going to go for this either. He's not going to look well, at Zor and R. He even had the idea in this issue, though, where he's looking at Terminus, Failsafe, Zeranar, all roboted body and says, look, I don't want to kill you because you're Batman. I'm a Batman. I love the Batman. So we got to fight the crimes. But I'm going to do it from now on because you're not that good at it. You can go and retire. You can go and freaking play Magnum P.I. with Selena if you want. And for a second throughout the narration, it seems like Batman's like, God, that'd be so goddamn cool. I, I really want to go do that. But no, I am the Dark Knight. I am the Batman. But man, that sounds really good right now. Oh, Batman, he could use a vacation. I, I wanted him to just a thought. I, I almost made a thing. I like to send you wacky pictures that I make up. And I was going to have the picture of he's like, a vacation, huh? And one thought bubble, Magnum P.I. Batman. The other thought bubble is Alfred. Alfred's next step. Now, you're talking about that. And then I start thinking, okay. Are we going to get a RoboCop situation here? Because once you, an amazing situation we talked about with RoboCop. When you're talking about this, we already just had in Detective Comics kind of a lame deal of, oh, that fake Batman's death. Will Batman pull a penguin, Paul Meredith? And if you end up having Zornar kill, <laughs> I don't know how much you have, the, but if he kills Batman or, or thinks, will that then revert and then delete him? So the original the failsafe program will take back over the body and delete him. Yeah, you maybe think that might happen. That's could that, happen. Is, is that like a RoboCop? To me, it's like no, a RoboCop. It's not twist. nothing like that. You're uh, talking about the hidden Prime Directive, maybe? Yeah, I'm saying like all of a sudden you have nothing like this. The deal. It is kind of <laughs> it's that little loophole that you think you're doing. But the thing here's two things in this. First off, nobody is mentioning, not even Zornar, 
is mentioning the idea of, say, Dick Grayson or Damian yeah. Wayne, because they're the ones like that's kind of what we think is one of the, you know, conditions. If he goes, one of them will take over. And I don't know yeah. why there's no mention of them like Batman says. Well, that's what I have the kids for, something like that. And Jordan well, even just Batman has been about it, isolated at this point where he doesn't even have a bat family as we want to say. Yeah, he got to have sit down, have pancakes or waffles for breakfast one morning, but he has become more isolated from the bat family ever since the Gotham War. So it doesn't even seem like that's even on the uh, the car- in the cards anymore. Now you say that it's not up to him. I'm saying if Batman dies, even if they hate his guts, I think one of the kids takes over. I think that they would be like, oh, thank God, we can take over now. But the thing that I have an issue with, with everything that's gone on, and obviously with this book, Chip Zdarsky kind of had things derailed with Night Terrors with a K. You have two months off there. And it, it, the story he was just getting to, you're going through the multiverse nonsense. Then you come out, then you have Gotham War. Now we're back to that. But at this point, I'm thinking, okay, Zorn, all right, you're kind of a, a smart guy, right? Kind of a smart deal. Why yep. didn't he pretend to be good? What? Why didn't he? I, and you may say, well, that's not his deal. But he wants to take over. At this point, he seems he is legit good in his no, mind. No, I'm saying be good. I'm not saying fake it. You got to fake it till you make it. Have Batman actually think. And I mean, Bruce, think, you know what? The Soren art is the right option, is the deal. Instead, he's been fucking with them and being crazy. Then on the flip side, why doesn't Bruce say, yeah, okay, I agree. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm out. I'm going on vacation. Because essentially, they are the same person to a degree, and I don't think they trust either one of themselves. It's like the idea of me having a clone. I know I have to kill it before it kills me. But you say that, then all of this is null and void and really doesn't matter. It's that Zornar should just take up the Zornar. I gave him the chance. I know he wouldn't this. take it, but I'm the better man because I gave him the chance. But. I think that the play Zornar could have easily tricked Bruce. I know he's the smartest man there, but he could have said, listen, I've been in your mind this whole time. I haven't fucked with you. I'm here to protect you. And through all of this, I realize everything's cool. And then you could have played that game where Bruce is acting a little bit different. Like the whole thing is all of a sudden he was acting crazed and that they said in the Gotham War, especially. I don't know. At this point, then Zornar's trying to pull it back to convince him. Oh, by the way, you know when I was having you maybe almost kill everybody? Eh, that didn't really matter. You know, there's a joke. And, yeah, it's kind of a joke. Now, again, if y- you do know the play Zoranars thinks that that's the right way to do it, but that's not a great way to convince Bruce to step back by doing that. And he nonsense. wasn't trying to kill anybody. He was just trying to detain them so the police would arrest them and take them out of the vigilante no, game. No, I'm saying when he was kind of beaten out of the, the bad guys and they were like, oh my God, he's crazy. He's going to stop and they had to stop him a couple of times. But even so, with this, it just... It feels like there was a bit of a swerve, like this is a little bit different than what we thought that Zornar was going to go into the body of Failsafe. We said, or at least a robot, or one of the clones, something like that. Or a Genesis clone, that's what I wanted. Yeah, so we have have this, but I I just like the idea, too, where Batman's like, you know what, Zornar, you're right. I, I think you are a great option. I'm really, I think it's great. Now, let's go tell the city, you know, the city that you and that Failsafe army there kind of took over so i think they'll love that and uh, let's get a hold of my my kids and the family they're gonna love a robot batman like nobody's gonna go for this it's so silly but in this it's kind of a cool but play they will because when he it takes is it by force now again it's batman versus the terminator slash predator at one point and it is fun 
when you go into the it. idea of the Zuranar, even in a robot body, it almost comes down to what Batman would do in the Kingdom Come universe, where all of a sudden you'd have a bunch of bat robots that were patrolling the city and making sure there is no crime at any given time. Yeah. And and so again, if you're gonna if you're gonna give Bruce the it's funny that he gives him the option because I don't think he's really given the option, but it would be funny if Bruce just called him out on it. Yeah, I'll go. I, I think I'm gonna go off to Barbados. I mean Barbados, right right there. And then you end up where he's like, oh, I'll learn canoeing or something. I might crochet. And if, if failsafe slash Zernar would think that that's actually happening, but we'd have to see. They do Wait mention that backdoor in I the program. I don't think that's what you're going to do. Yeah, I don't think you're going to crochet. They mentioned that play. There's that little loophole in the programming, and that was how Bruce earlier was able to get the the crazy compassion pro that we never really understood, but got it in there. That was kind of a cool That's just creating up stuff that we back, had before, because like, why would he build a robot that had a reason to upgrade or update and stuff like that when he knows what the robot's all about? It's because this was in case that, you know, Batman couldn't go further and Zuranar was going to take over and he could put his consciousness in the slot. I mean, and you, you could even go for the, the other play, not even just the Batman part of it, but. And this guy's getting old and he's going to die and Zuranar wants to live anyway, even if it was just for that. But it's also the Batman deal. But I like that twist of where a lot of writers do have that play of what would Batman do to help continue? This is just a little bit out of the control of Bruce himself. So that I like that twist of it. Again, this issue, it's kind of balls to the wall. You're going to end up having a huge chase. Well, as you said before, it's fights. Batman versus Terminator, essentially, with the way it goes down. Even to the point where Batman gets out of the cabin that he's been like locked away in, where zuranar has been doing all his Terminator robot body stuff. He gets out of the cabin, he gets in a car, and you know Zuranar chases him like he's the T-1000 going after that car. Yeah. And then in that, when he's trying to get away, then he rubs mud and stuff on like it's depressing. Then it becomes Predator. <laughs> it becomes Predator. So it's cool. The the reason why I don't love this as much as some other people is because about two issues ago, we had a balls to the wall, just fight with the Joker. I mean, we yep. had these sort of things was over that two and over. Ago was that last yeah, issue? I think, it, I think it was two because then we had that little between it. Even if it was last, it, it's we've had these big giant fight scene book. This looks great. But overall, I like you're seeing Batman being smart. He knows how to kind of do again, things. It's and, Batman being smart, but even though he's facing himself, and the weird part is like he would expect me to go back to Gotham after I just detained him, like you know, stopped him there for a little while now. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back to the cabin. And what does Zernar do? Huh? He looks at Gotham. He's like, I would go back to the cabin, and then he just follows Bruce to exactly where he is. Where Bruce, for the small time that he has, has gone over some of Zernar's technology and like whatever the failsafe the weapons has. And he's made himself some energy gauntlets to take on this big massive robot. But even he knows with all his hardest fighting, like you know, once he gets into the nitty gritty of it, oh shit, this ain't working for me. This ain't going to work as much as I want it to. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird play too when they're doing this. And I had to remind some people on YouTube while we're talking. He, this is where I said that whole, you know, Robocop that you pish posh me, Eric. I'm very upset about it. But he you can't started really, with Terminator in your videos. Go with Robocop. I'll be with Terminator. Don't go into Robocop. He, he can't kill that. Like people are like, oh man, Zoranar and Failsafe. We still need to come up with a name. Zoran Safe, I still think is the best. Zoran Safe, right? Zoran Bot. He, he, as far as we know, if that programming Zorn is still kind of there, there, he can't kill Bruce, Batman. He's still Batman. He ends up where there's trouble. Maybe that was the play. Maybe that was the RoboCop moment, Eric, as when you have Zornar say, listen, 
I'll be so he's Matt the- Jones and he's not able to kill anything because of the programming? Well, I guess the, I would think that the programming might still, he's kind of taken over, but not, it's and weird. And the thing is, I still don't think that Zerna would kill anybody because that goes against Batman's pretty much prime well, directive, if you want to call it that. But some people think, you know, oh, he should have caught him and killed him. Like, he wouldn't do that. But I'll go even with programming. But would it have been this weird play where Zornar, he's just begging Batman to just say he's not Batman anymore because that's the programming. He can kill Bruce Wayne. He can't kill Batman. But he didn't go with it. But I do like it. There, The art's really good. There's one progression it's I thought was such a weird odd. way to take things, though, because, yes, we shot ourselves to a multiversal world, to, you know, a Gotham without a Batman kind of world. But even the idea of the fail-safe program, like Zern R created when he was just out and about and Bruce was sleeping tight in his freaking nice bed. But he created a robot that would activate if Bruce Wayne, Batman, ever, like, went across the line and killed somebody to preserve, the like, the image of Batman. If this ever happens, we've got to take this Batman out because he's gone too far. But it's such a weird idea because... Zuran R wants to be out in the world. This has been his whole plan ever since we've even crossed through the multiverse. And he spread his Zuran R throughout the multiverse and made Zuran R's all out for some reason that stuck inside Bruce's mind. Now Zuran R's mind. It's the weirdest freaking concept, but it pretty much means that Zuran R was okay with the robot killing him because he was a part of Bruce's mind at that point. So it's such a weird idea that we're taking it to this now. Well, this is where I even said about Zuran R, maybe he should have been a little more subtle with things and maybe he should have pretended and whatnot. And I think there are like there's layers to the story, but there's also a bunch of nonsense. And I think some of this with what and that's why I said it seems like maybe a little sort of happened because when you start thinking, even you said where you have that, hey, I got through the loophole and that's what you did when you did. There's a lot of things that may not jive at this point. They're trying to make them work. But if you really do sit and think about the whole play, it kind of ruins it a little because it's so convoluted especially with the idea of the multiverse and how did they get those or ours what did they do they commune with oh, no, the, the worst part about the story stuff. and pretty much all of chip Zdarsky's run in my mind is the idea hey let's show michael keaton as a zuranar let's show adam west as a zuranar let's show batman beyond as a zuranar all of these things where it's just zuranar the mind is bruce tripped his fucking fantastic through the multiverse and just did this weird thing that doesn't make any sense with red mask doing the same thing with jokers throughout the multiverse how that has you? been the worst part of the story and for some reason we have not been able to get over the idea of the Zuran R of the mind to the point where now Zuran R in his own mind has to battle the Zuran R's who for who has supremacy as Zuran R of the robot body. Yeah, and again, now we're starting to get very convoluted and discussing things, and that's what I start hating, especially if somebody said to you, Hey, I, I heard about this Chip Sadarsky Batman. What's up with that? It's getting to the point where it's very hard to explain everything. And that's hand. why he's got a robot hand. It's pretty cool. That's as far as I'm taking it. And then they're like, wait a minute, I read four issues in a row. I didn't see any crazy hand. Just wait. You'll get a smoke bomb eventually. The hand should be used more. But even in all this, though, I think when people do enjoy like this issue, it's because you put that other stuff behind you like we want. But then it comes in right in your face at the end. But one of the progressions I didn't like was when he's driving in the car and you have Zoran safe come down and bust in and you have those little ball grenades deal. and. There was a debate of like, did Batman throw those? Or did, it's it's kind of an odd play, but I do like all the stuff of Batman, Batman on the run. Those. Oh yeah, he did. But people, you like, you don't see him throw it. You see him kind of reaching, but then you see the balls, and then you see him get out. It's very odd. I do like seeing Batman's balls, though. I will tell you. But huh. while that is all going on, and it is again a big chase, and I like the voice of Batman big of the mind to a big chase to another big fight to Bruce Wayne going down. Yeah. In the middle of that, we do get to see Nightwing. We get to see Barbara. 
and they are meeting with Lucy, the Gray Shadow. I hope that that's not a name that came about after she aged up a bit, Eric. The, I think that's the, ageism. It's, it's the Gilf Catwoman that trained Bruce Wayne back when he was a, a little a young lad. So she's there, and she's not saying much to Barbara, but then Dick Grayson comes in, and we find out she, he got trained a bit as well. Trained, you Eric, your is father, what I say. Dick. Yeah, Richard. and so he wants to, and like, okay, we're going to do this. What should we do? What's going on? And you do have Barbara at one point say, like, oh, we're, I don't know what to do. And originally the art did say we're going to go save Batman. So right away it was, but I think that's been pushed aside a bit. I don't think that's what they want. They want Batman to deal with what's coming up alone still, which that's fine. But the big play with Lucy, the great, the great shadow, is that Joker knew who that was. Joker knew, Joker knows about Zornar. How is that possible? What's going on? And then by the end, after Bruce does get taken down by it, right as he's in the middle of shit talking, too, I, I want to <laughs> point out, he just gets clocked. He wakes up in a jail cell. He's been out for weeks. He said, this guy, anytime he gets knocked out, this guy's out for months. That's what happens happen when you just take microdots. It happened here? Yeah, really. He needs to get more sleep every day. But he ends up waking up. Oh, my God, what's going on? And he looks. He's like, if I'm in jail, then, oh, no. And there is the Joker, and I don't think this was supposed to be funny. I laughed so hard when Joker's in, like, a full-body cast. I'm telling you, he looks like a guy who's trying to go to court for an insurance fraud and has to freaking hammer as much as possible at the way he walks into the courtroom with the body cast, the neck brace, all that stuff going on. I'm surprised he's not wearing one of those neck halos that attach to your skull. That would be awesome. And also one of the cones that the dogs have, it'd be even better, Eric. But then but then <laughs> you couldn't see his face. Oh, I mean, it was the code of shame. So he's there at because Bruce broke his back. We saw that very odd. Uh but Sir and R broke his back. Batman well Batman's pissed right now and says, How do you know this stuff? How do you know about my mentors? How do you know about Sorinar? Because that's where Joker's sitting there like, ha ha, I guess we're both in the same boat. That secret Batman you're Sir and R. He's like, listen how the hell do you know that stuff? And then pretty much how we end this story here to go on to what I don't want to go on to as well. Let me spin Let me you, tell a you about it. How do I know so much about you and your trainers and Zur and R of the mind and all this? Let me tell you about it. And all of a sudden, the end of this issue just becomes Bruce laying in bed with Selina and wants to tell her about the war of jokes and riddles and his biggest regret because now we're just got the same thing with the Joker telling about Joker year of one. And I'm like, what don't look people are going to look forward to joker year one because it's a joker story and you're going to be doing some stuff but for the most part you're interrupting your main story here to go off on a little jaunt before i tell you what i think about joker year one and i don't know if you realize this i'm not looking forward to it but you i already said you had night terrors that derailed almost all of the books then you have gotham war you find you're just getting Gotham some... War because Gotham War had something to it, at least with the Chips and Darcy. But if you're reading all of Gotham War, the disconnect between Teeny Howard's Catwoman, the Red Hood tie-ins, so what that was, it was just a mess overall. So now you're finally back on track, and now we're going to derail the whole thing again. And this feels like, in my mind, talking to people who like this way more than I did. I don't hate this, but they loved it. Oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for. This is so cool. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? We're going to Joker Year One, a flashback story. And they're like, oh crap. Like, even if you like the joke, it, it, it shouldn't, this is a weird play here to finally Look, get the back hope to go back. It does something to elevate the Joker's character to like his love for Bruce Wayne slash Batman, anything like this. Just so, just so there's something to this by the end that makes it feel like it was worthwhile is what I'm well, getting at. Here's what I think, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure, but Joker, you're one. It's just Chip Zdarsky trying to tie in his Batman the Knight 
and then make the Joker involved because that's where he's going to probably find out about the mentors and the Zornar. Also, just to let everybody know, including you, uh, Chip Zdarsky's come out in his newsletters and things like that has has fully stated that DC, and we kind of knew this, but DC now considers the three Joker story by Jeff Johns that never happened. They're not even, that's done. It's it's thrown away. They're going to redo it. And I think we've people seen hated that, that story here. because of Jason's like interest in Barbara romantically. But beyond that aspect, which I still didn't mind because she was fair game as far as I was concerned, it was a cool story. And fair the art game. looked great. She can decide on <laughs> it. Did look great. And so when we go to it, I think that what they might have learned from that though is really center on the Joker for the three Jokers. Don't get all this entanglements and stuff like that. But that's what this seems to be heading towards. I hope that we don't learn too much because I'm one of the people who think the more you know about the Joker's past, the less the less it means. I, well, I even like the to idea know of a Joker crazy. year one story, which it's being called because it would have to be Joker Here year one, which would have to take place after Batman year one, which is well after he already which well he did well after all of his training in Batman the Night. So there shouldn't be any real connection to that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I just don't know why. You're going to once again go off to a side. I know it's the Joker. It's big, but it's still not a it's a Batman story, but not at the side. You just got the momentum back. I, I ended up at the end of this issue. Even even if you did end up, I maybe if you didn't have this Joker, you're one because all this is a device for him to be stuck. Batman can't get the hell out. He's going to have to listen to this stupid story. I just need them at points to cut back to this cell, and they they are laying in bed together, twirling each other's hair, they're loving the deal, and all that. You want weird, weird things from comics, but overall, it's it just I want to. I'm excited again, and now I have to go to this, but hopefully it'll be good. I'll have to judge that when it comes okay. out. But we do have a backup with Chip writing Dustin McGuinn on art with John Cleese and Clayton Coles, and really this is in my how I would explain it. It's Zornar of the mind out in the yard in jail, and now the big man has to come. And who who do I have to fight in this jail for Zornar to prove that he's the best and biggest and baddest because they're all in there. And it's just, it really is just wow moments, but not for us. You already said no. earlier that you don't really the care about of the, mind the other Zornars. The most are the worst part of this story overall. And the only thing that this might set up, because they do say, listen, we're kind of all equals here. What do you we only do with a brain up, full of Zurinars where Zurinar of our universe is the only one in control? What does that do for anybody? Uh, well, I don't. The only thing that I could think, it sets up the play that these other entities, these other Batman, these other Zurinars, they can fight back. And maybe that'll cause trouble down the line. But what Zurinar says to him, he says, and this is exact quote. I'll read it. Hey, you guys, you ever hear of the Wu-Tang Clan? This year, it's exact. <laughs> what they did was they, they did their big thing together. And then individually, each of them had solo albums, but we had to space those out and make it work. That's what we're doing, guys. We're going to go and take over this whole place. And then individually, over that Method Man, Batman, we'll then do your universe. And then, okay, oh, Richard, we're Batman, there. Come on oh, out dirty here. Dirty Batman, you go there. All I thought it was, oh, he's doing the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> it, it's a good plan. It really worked for them. But, yeah, you have all of them. Hey, Ghostface Killer. We're going to do you with the Method. Ghostface Batman. Uh, Ghost Batman Killer. It doesn't work here. <laughs> but that's hey, what uh, the whole play is. I, I don't like the Jizz of Batman. I, I would probably hate the old dirty Batman. But <laughs> do, you, do you think that's the the Dark Knight Returns? Is he the old dirty definitely. Batman? Definitely. He is He's old dirty Batman. Uh, I don't know. The Batman Beyond one, old Bruce Wayne's pretty old dirty Batman, too. That is true. He might be old dirty Batman. Oh, my God. 
goodness gracious, Method Batman. Uh, now Ghost I need Batman now, might be the, the Red Rain Batman. That would be pretty good. Now we need to do this. We need to have a story with them all as the Wu-Tang Clan. The Bat-Tang the Clan, bats? right? Or the the Wu-Tang Bat-Tang Bat's or... probably better. Bat-Tang Clan sounds kind of sexy. I don't it's know, the Wu-Tang but, Clan. Yeah, that is true. They're still in martial guys. arts. It's cool. Hey, they could do it. Uh, what would you give this, though? Ultimately, I'm going to give this a 6.5 out of 10. I think the art is fine throughout the entire issue. It's just the big old fight and chase stuff. It just didn't hook me as much as I wanted to go to a backup where it's just, hey, there's more of that stuff you hate about the multiversal Zero and R's that don't make any sense right now. And probably will be a linchpin to some loophole to make sure that this story like, is able to complete itself outside of Batman actually accomplishing something on his own, which is very disappointing. But the art looks great, and it's Batman taking on a... A, b- a better version of himself to a degree, which is kind of kind of cool at times. It's just not a great book overall. I'm I'm a little higher than you. I'm at seven five. I actually liked it, but I wanted to like it more. I, I felt like by the end I was getting real excited. They're doing that chase, right? You love the chases there. No, no, doing it's that. cool. And then I'm like, oh, cool. But I kept thinking like we kind of just did this, but then you have all this going, and then at the end, whether or not it means whatever, but I, we get the backup that kind of like, okay, I get this. Wu Tang Clan. But then also, going to Joker Year One, and where you're talking, I think that maybe I want to make this RoboCop thing work, Eric. But (laughs) I want you to rewatch RoboCop first, because as far as I know, you know Nick. No, no, no. Well, isn't that the one with the aliens and they come down toot and they go ack ack? You end up where I think that why I thought of RoboCop, and you said it. It's because there are a lot of loopholes. And when I hear loopholes and then I start seeing robots, I do the think of Robocop. Prime directive. Well, the thing, though, isn't just that. I'm saying that this, this run almost feels like it's set up on a lot of loopholes. A lot of these weird kind of like, oh, you thought this was the one thing, but if we twist it that way and go. I mean, even starting off with the idea of the penguin pretending he's dead and that worked enough because of this and everything is kind of like, Okay, we'll have to let that go because this, and then there's this loophole, and now we're multiverse. There's a lot of shady area. And Agreed. when people when people talk about it and don't like it as much as us, a lot of people center on Batman jumping from the moon. I could get past it's the, the bad god Love deal it. of jumping from the moon. It's that as the story goes, what it reminds me of, and you tell me if you, you agree a little, it's starting to remind me a little of the Grayson book by Tim Seeley and uh, Tom King, Tom King back yeah. before the rebirth, because we kept letting things go because we we're having a lot of fun. And then at the end, we realized, oh, crap, none of this made sense, because then you had to explain it. And by How then they bailed. All changes <laughs> close. Exactly. They bailed. And then you had Lansing and Kelly, who kind of hacks, they're trying to figure but you couldn't figure it out, and I'm afraid that that's what might happen at one they point. They had to be the closers, but they're like, not very yeah. good closers. They weren't, and I said, remember how much but I that liked that? That wasn't their fault there. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff where we had the, the spider net going and the whole thing with Otto Nail. Oh, it was so crazy. And then nobody, obviously, nobody even references that book barely ever with any of the characters, anything like it, because it was a mess, but. I Hell, even Huntress, I don't even think, has the background where she was yeah, the headmaster exactly. of the freaking organization anymore that was training young kids in a school and also the head of Spiral. But we say that one of the year, it was my book of the year because I loved oh, yeah. it. But then it like hit me like a brick wall. Like none of this makes a damn lick of sense. I was just having fun with songs and stuff. <laughs> and then it happened. What, I hope that that's not the number? case here. Was it 37? Agent 37. Something Agent 37. Jim and Juan, his butt cheek like names. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was all exciting. It was cool. And then it just didn't make much sense by the end because you kept 
letting things go. You kept kind of hand waving things, loopholes. I don't know. I don't <laughs> really. There's what nothing, nothing, Eric. That that book like is a black hole. Everything just disappeared. Cooey, saw you left. But you end up with all that. We're going to move on to the next book, though, Eric. And what is that? Shazam, number seven, written by Mark Wade with Arfai Goran Suzuka, Ive Savorsina, and Choi Pateri. And it's such a shame. Oh, wait, I didn't hear those. What were those again? Oh, I'm sorry. That was Goran Suzuka and Ive Savorsina. Savorsina. Okay. Savorsina and Choi Pateri, which for some reason I wrote Tori Pateri. Tori. You might go, Tori. Uh, tell me how much you like this. Look, look, look. <laughs> you have a lot of big things going on in this issue outside of bureaucratic T-Rex spacemen coming down, where you have the idea of a cold open that shows up with a bizarro Captain Marvel, and you have Black Adam show up as well. So you have some big things going on in this book, and it's such a shame that you don't have Dan Moore doing any of it, because while the art is fine in this book... It is such a downgrade to your senses, to your eyes. When you get to the book that you expect to look a certain way, and it's just not the peak because in my mind as well, the book wants to be more fun than telling a good story overall. And I know I'm in the mi- a minority here about that whole thing, but I it just doesn't even feel clever anymore, even the idea of you wanting to have fun. Because when you have a bizarro Captain Marvel show up who's just called Bizarro Captain and not Shizarro, which it should have been because it feels a lot better at a mouthfeel, it just is very disappointing, and especially when you have the idea where Billy Batson's like, all right, look, he's the bizarro Captain Marvel, all right? Obviously, they're not saying Marvel because we don't do that anymore, but he's the bizarro Captain. So I got to get him to say Shazam. He gets him to say Shazam. Oh, wait, that doesn't work because he's the bizarro Captain. So I got to get him to say Mazaz, Shazam backwards. Shit, that didn't work either. What am I going to do now? Well, because even though we're just having this gigantic fight where he has all the powers that I do, I just have to tell him he doesn't have these powers that I have because he's bizarro, and that for some reason works. And also, I guess Felix Faust is robbing a bank, brought a bizarro captain here, and I just take Felix Faust away with no fuss, no muss, no finding out anything about something as fun and something that could be as cool as a bizarro Captain Marvel. And plus, the bizarro speech killed me. And I think that this is... uh. Not just you not like having fun, but m- maybe if, if people ended up and it's a weird play. I told you before you read Shazaro. <laughs> I said to you, like, it's a weird feel this book. Like you have things going on. I'm not going to tell you that bureaucratic dinosaurs is the hard hitting story, but you did have a story where Billy had to kind of fight back at the gods and hey, we got to reestablish things, the champions. Yeah. So, and you do mention that power one on point. Own? Yeah. So when you go into this though, Kind of feels like a not a restart, but a like, hey, everybody, here's where the fun book is. Come over here, including having, you know, editor's notes about the. Oh, the editor's notes are acting like nobody's ever read this shit before. That's what I'm saying. That's what's weird about this. And I'm sure that every book, if you come down to the nitty gritty, that DC wants every book to sell better. They would want every book to go better. But is there this weird play? And I don't know because, again, me and you are not involved in any sort of comic book fighting except amongst me and you. We like to fight each other. But there was that deal of Mark Wade stepping up and he's yelling. Everybody else is yelling. And so there's these sides. Is this the weird play that they think because of that? Some people are going to rally behind Mark Wade and get the book and they want to catch him. I don't know because it's a weird play. Not much has happened. Then suddenly this feels like they want it to be a jumping on point 
And it really isn't. It's a, a, a wacky thing. I, I don't get it. Like, it's kind of the beginning of a new arc, but it also feels like the conclusion to a degree of the, the space dinosaur stuff. Yeah. And so you have this whole thing going on and like, I, I don't know. And I'm with you. I was enjoying this more as a fun kind of little aside. I just need more than fun when it comes to Captain Marvel slash Shazam. That's, I was going to say, for a lot of people who sit there and get mad at me, say, for not loving Nightwing. Well, I say all the time, I'm a big Nightwing fan. I need more than fan service telling me that Nightwing's a great guy. I know that. He's or my favorite character. Issue, just like every couple issues to say, hey, look, this is from Nightwing's POV, or this is just from this POV. So if you're not a big fan of that character... You may enjoy this. You might, oh, man, I never did enjoy a Nightwing book before. This is cool. You love Shazam. We we don't really mention a lot of times, like, your favorite characters. But Shazam is up there. One of your oh, favorite yeah. characters. So you want more care, but not even care, but you want more substance, especially with a character that's gone through the ringer in the last bunch of years. And you, you want since things to be settled. Actually, since Flashpoint. <laughs> well, that's a long time. So you want some rules to be set. You want to go. And Mark Wade is just goofing off. But I'll tell you, I was enjoying It's getting too much now. We're at a point where even I'm starting to think, come on now. Well, even when you have a threat of Black Adam taking on bureaucratic T-Rex, like, you know, space dinosaurs they shoot a missile at Condock and it explodes and the more paperwork to do i'm like you're not even, you're, you're done you're, you're this is no threat at all this is nothing that we can even play along with anymore black adam says what are they doing attacking me with paper cuts he's in on the joker <laughs> and, and so i'll even go felix faust in it. it it is funny because this happens to you more than anybody i know where you really do like characters and you take them really seriously and then they dispatch of a Big villain, so easily and as a joke that it, well, my, it, it my stupid ass is thinking because this week as well we have that big preview to Action Comics coming up with yeah. you know uh, Jason Aaron's Bizarro connected. story and the idea of the magic and the smartest Bizarro that Bizarro has ever been at this point using all of these freaking like incantations of what that we don't fully understand through the preview pages here but now you have a magical man like Felix Faust going around and pulling a Bizarro Shazam out of the Earth three and I'm like. I, is this connected? I want to know more about this. But you know what? Like most things, it doesn't matter. No. And the, the problem is funny. It doesn't matter. It, what you get here, and it does, like out of everything you could do, the week before you're going to start a new action comics deal with Jason Aaron with a bizarre story. Yeah, this is like Ants and Bugs Life coming out at the same time. It's like so bizarre of that weird play there. I actually was waiting till the end to have it like, ooh. This was a really cool way, even a Mark Wade saying, hey, welcome here, Jason. I'll set up the story a little. We'll go with that. And I'm like, nope, doesn't look like that at all. Uh, now, but I will tell you this. For all my problems with something that feels so terrible with the idea to call this bizarro, this bizarro captain, okay? <laughs> See, you're I, centered I, look, on that. Is, I hate it so much because there's so much more. But like, I'm telling you, Shizarro just rolls off the tongue so well. But the problem with that is... Mark Wade has taken so much care to try to get away from calling Billy Batson Shazam and back to something along the lines of Captain Marvel, like the, just the captain. But if you start throwing things out there like Shazaro to bring that back to people's attention to all the good work that you have been doing and trying to like, you know, take that name away, I think that 
by calling him Bizarro Captain, you're just continuing the flow that you've already done in this book's run. So it's a double-edged sword for me because I can see where he's coming from. It's just not fun or good for this, the idea of Bizarro Captain. I know people are going to end up like, oh, man, this was so much fun. Why are you guys pish-poshing it? But I have talked to a bunch of people this week, and most of them have said that they've really been enjoying Shazam, but this is a down issue. And I do think that part of it is Dan Mora not being on art. The art's really good. Not it's Dan okay. Mora art, though. It's okay and art. Even people are even talking about the idea of it's a shame that Black Adam shows up and Dan Morris not drawing, but even Black Adam I showing agree. up, it's more of a joke. And you do get some plays here. We do get mentioned that we did want to see. We actually, we got what we wanted with the other dinosaur. He is dusting down in the, and we, we actually said we wanted that, Eric. So we got that. But overall, it's all played for jokes. But then when Billy gets called back. He goes home. They're supposed to meet in the park, and they go. And well, even the idea that they go home, right? And Billy flies his ass to Fawcett City. Are we just calling Fawcett City almost like a German town, like an a area of Philadelphia? Because Eric, established- you know it's fish town. I'm saying, fish is, is it German town? Is it a fish town? Is that what we're going for with elements of Philadelphia with Fawcett City now? Because Fawcett City previously was a neighborhood that had a community college where Mary went to community college during the new championship. She said, I just need to know what we're doing. Because Fawcett City is fine because that's what I grew up with of Captain Marvel being from Fawcett City. You move that shit to Philadelphia, I get more interested because we're from the Philadelphia area. So I I just want to know what to see. Yeah, I think they just jump around, you know? <laughs> I don't know. They just play that game. Uh, they don't have a home. At the end of this, but they may not the because- idea that you have the situation where like Billy's been called away because all of his family have to get together because his foster parents have something to tell everybody. So they're going to get together. They have a great announcement. We have bought a motherfucking mansion, essentially, is what they're telling me right here. Because I'm looking at this house. It's the biggest house I've ever seen. And it's so crazy to me because, you know, Rosa got some like uh, inheritance money, some like, you know, money from relatives and stuff like that. And with the money that they like are going to get from selling their old house. They're going to just be able to afford this. Like, Why wouldn't they get something smaller, right? Something that you would have some kind you of, you know. can afford. Have some something put away. <laughs> Please. Just, Rose and I have been keeping it a secret because we didn't want to get everybody's hopes up. But her aunt left her a little money. I'm like, a little money. Oh, I'm telling you, I know what houses go for right here. Look this is a mansion. House. This is crazy. It is the biggest house I've ever freaking oh, seen outside a of a Wayne Manor. You didn't see that that editor's note? They have to stay in that haunted house over the weekend, Eric. If they could do it, it's theirs. Honestly, that sounds like a 70s freaking or even just a, like an original like Fawcett Comics yeah, Captain this, Marvel story this right there. This house, it, please, get a townhouse. And, and yeah, it'd be nice to have the kids have their own bedrooms, but it'd also be nice to not lose everything and be destitute. Because once the idea comes... Once we're able to sell our house, we'll be able to afford this house and, like, you know, we can move in and stuff like that, which is a pain by numbers thing right now because we just said that we have to do this thing. And obviously, the T Rexes have come down, talked to Talkie Tawny, and they're right in front of the old house where Black Adam shows up and Captain Marvel and Black Adam, even though Billy is supposed to have more wisdom of Solomon than he's ever had before. His ass goes and wrecks his foster parents' house right there. And this, like, until it's already com- like it's completely destroyed before the wisdom of Solomon case and says, Oh no, what have I done? Yeah. Uh, do you do you think that those four dinosaurs are in trouble because they got the red shirts on there? You do end up seeing the Enterprise earlier it's, it's, as well. But that's just jokes, right? It's just I, jokes. You know me, I think Star Wars is their Star Trek, forgive me, is a bunch of hooey. But it, it that's not... Because you're an uncultured swine. That's, and it's true. 
<laughs> it's true. And that's not going to win me over having the dinosaurs in their red shirts there with their phasers set on stun, uh, whatever. And yeah, Billy jumps in front so Tony doesn't get obliterated. But even then, they just fight and then go, oh, was me. what was me? We ruined the house. Again, that thing that was just set up is, oh, no, I, I don't just mind did that, that part. That part feels very Silver Age, Golden Age type deal. That's fu- But everything in this issue is just a joke, including, like you said, one of the worst is that they shot a bomb at Conduct and it was a bomb filled with paperwork. Paperwork. And then at yeah. one point you do even have, hey, where's our dinosaur guy? Oh, he's dusting. Uh, down at the Rock of Attorney, like, what's going on? Oh, well, he's going to face severe punishment. Oh, what, death? Oh, no, no, uh, more paperwork. I'm like, really? Like, this paperwork joke has become such a, like, eye-rolling cringe nonsense now because that's all you got, and I don't need that anymore. The dinosaurs were fun, at, but now they're the made. It's, it's too much. This is like, I love, you know, occasionally having some sweets there. But there are uh-huh. those things where you just start eating too much. It, what it reminds me of is coming up. Our kids, my kids, not ours. <laughs> you, you our know, kids, huh? I, I don't think our they kids. They took me out of the group text, so I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, really. Our kids, uh, they have birthdays all in a row and whatnot. And they all want every year we get ice cream cakes. We get five, yeah. ice, actually six because of Tanya. Yeah, the first one's great. I'm like, oh, my God. And I even go with the idea the first one, if we don't finish it, which sometimes does happen, not always, but if we don't, we'll make sure we put that in the, the freezer. Okay, we'll get it. Oh, yeah, then, then, then the next one, because all our kids are almost all in like a three-week span. The next one comes, you're like, oh, okay. And by the fifth one, which is Logan, nobody wants that fucking cake. Like, you're like, oh, God, but you he want wants the his. Like, and you're like, all right, and you're eating it, but when that's done, and there's always a lot left of that when it goes right in the garbage, because <laughs> nobody's going to eat, because we already had four of them, five of them at points. That's what this is like. It feels like I've now eaten four or five ice cream cakes, and I'm getting it once again. It's too I got much. A, I got a bunch of cavities, and I'm fat now, because all the sweetness I'm getting out exactly. of this book. Exactly. So it's just, it, you get, and make to make it worse, you throw things that should really be big. Black Adam. Felix Faust even. And well, even Black Adam versus Captain Marvel, the first time in this book, and like the first time in what feels like forever, honestly. And it's played up as a joke where it's like, Billy's like, I got to make sure that this fight is taken away from here because obviously I'm a superhero. We can't have this going on around here until Black Adam tells him how weak he is because of his family. Don't you insult my family. And then we just bust down the house because the Wizard of Solomon cannot take, take on the idea of insulting your family. Can you blame it on the dinosaurs who then have to fill out paperwork for insurance? I don't know, Eric. It's just goofy by the end. If you're just here to have fun, you could still have fun with it. Uh, but if you're looking for but something. But I need with, more substance. Remember, when this book, I, I've mentioned this a couple of times just because I like to say that I was right. I warned people because at that point we were saying the world's finest book. It's good, but it wasn't really anything that meant much. You, you didn't feel like it had a lot of stakes. And people are, oh, man, I hope this Shazam is just like that. And I said, whoa, 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 we don't want that because then it's just going to be goofy. It's just going to end up doing nothing. And that's kind of what it is. It needs to have some more weight to it. World's Finest feels like it is doing the fun but taking the story seriously as well, where this is just taking the fun aspect of that and just ramping up times 10, and there is no substance to it because for some reason I still feel satisfied for the most part after every issue of World's Finest Batman Superman. Well, no now it's doing kind of Kingdom Come stuff, but in. it kind of does better. Before, at one point, we were saying, though, 
that it kind of was like, yeah, we're not really getting you know, getting much. We got a like, date I think, with I think the goof, Supergirl. Exactly. I think the goofiest and, issue was Supergirl and Robin going on a date and it not working out. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, but because of the way that it was playing back in time and it was kind of a skewed well, little, we were trying to figure sense. out stuff. I made the mistake of reading this issue and telling Jessica about it than talking about Mark Wade and the idea of the continuity to Batman Superman World's Finest. And then I just kind of lost my mind and realized she stopped listening to me 15 minutes ago. Yeah, she wasn't listening. <laughs> she was just like, yes, honey. All right, I got you. Uh, but at the end, it, it's still a decent book. It's still one of the better books at DC of my mind. Okay. It just could be better. I mean, this Agreed. is where I say this could be so much better. And I hope that we get there. I hope that these space dinosaurs, I want them just to say, you know what? This world is chaos. They obviously don't like chaos. They like everything in order and whatnot. And they just say, fuck it. We're out. We're going to get out of here. And we're going to leave our auditor here. Exactly. Yeah, leave the auditor I there. I came, like him. I even came to the, like, to the idea that I like the idea of having a bureaucratic butler T-Rex in the Rock of Eternity for Billy Batson. That works for me wholeheartedly because that's fun and it could lead to some other stuff. Because we already have a talkie toddy from the Wildlands. Why not have a space dinosaur in the Rock of Eternity? Yeah. And even, I don't know, like, get Black Ed, like, now Black Adam's fought him. It's just a weird play. It's, and now we'll be mad at Black Adam. Oh, you ruined the house. I, I don't need that to be the big well, the fight thing is, between All them. I can think about this whole thing is, no, like, Black Adam, he's not a great guy, but he has been a, somewhat of a hero. Like, he's been on the Justice League. He runs an entire country. The man's got some coin. Yeah. He, he should pretty much fix it up and... I don't know. It's weird because he goes, I'm not saying that Condock's the richest country in the world, but, you know, he's got something. I know it. But he doesn't like to admit that he's right. It's a weird play. We're going to see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But what would you we got to go talk to Malik is what we got to do. Get his ass over here. Get some like conscious going on with whatever Black Adam's deal with. Like, I was thinking more of some money. I want little Teddy <laughs> there. We'll get them all. Can you see the idea of little Teddy, the freaking, you know, the 853rd century black Adam who survived all that time, who fell back through time and for some reason de-aged to a teenager with white hair. Teddy, if anybody ever remembers that character. How, from how can Teen we Titans sit Academy. here and there could possibly be like three black Adams? <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Uh, but mostly don't have to, don't have to even know that they exist. But what would you give this? The funds, the funds, the book the is funds. fun. For just being fun. The thing is, look, it's, it's silly, goofy stuff. A lot of people can get behind that. I just need more substance to it. The art's okay. Not really great for a lot of things that we're dealing with this week. It's just, you know, a fill-in artist. And there's some really cool stuff that's happening here. Like, I love the idea of a bizarro Captain Marvel. I love the idea of Black Adam versus Captain Marvel. I like all of these things. It's just not done in a very good way here. Yeah. So what's your score? Oh, I'm sorry. I said I gave a 6 out of 10, but I don't think I got to that point. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to give it a 6 as well. And and I was thinking about that play with the Shazar. That's me earlier. being positive. Yeah, I'm trying to be positive. I realize that it's fun, so I can I can kind of push aside a couple other things. But it's at a point where I need something with more substance. And when you get Felix Faust, when I'm reading it, all I think of is, oh, Eric, it, they they did it again. Something that could have been important, or something that could have been a kind of a cool play, and it was just like a, a throwaway deal. And it's when a cold I was open. And when I was talking about the play, it also reminded me of when Grant Morrison gets mad because you get mad at the same thing when they go into the multiverse and kill everybody. Like, that's uh -huh. what it reminds me of when you end up where you have Black Adam. He shows up in the book and you have a goofy fight just to wreck the house. It was just set up a page before. It's like not enough. But yeah, six out of ten. Six out of ten, though. Like I said, I think some people will like it more if they're not that invested no, I agree. that they just want to have some fun. 
The art's a little bit down, though, because of the idea that Dan Mora wasn't on the issue. That's not a fickle mushet like I am. That is true. That is true. But are you a fickle guy or are you a flip-flopper? You like the flip-floppers? I don't no, think I don't you're like a flip-flopper. flip-flopper. I'm a fickle mushhead. You're a fickle guy. But we're going to move on to the next book. Is this book fickle, Eric? It's it's a little scattered. It's The Birds of Prey. It's number five. Eric, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Arist Dean, uh, who also does the colors and Clayton Kells on letters. So the art is fully by Dean or Dan Dine. I don't know. I I kind I kind of like the art. <laughs> I hate it. I kind of like the art, it. but I don't like it for this book because the thing is, like, I think like the characters they look good, but just not for this book because everybody looks like they are Bratz dolls done up as DC superhero mm, girls. They do look like Bratz dolls, and then the, it almost skews towards if you get a little wackier, you might be able to be a fill-in artist for old uh, Riley Rossmo, but. When I when I look when I think about this book and I want to tell you this is kind of my hot take here. I've been sitting on this for a while. Right. You, you usually have, I believe it's Leonardo Romero on art. You have the art going right. I like the look of the book, but I don't like the art in the book. I like the look of it when I just have to just look at a page. No, I agree. The progressions though are always. I, I see and- these characters in this style and I say, well, that's interesting, but I don't like it overall for this because it kind of makes it like a more superhero girls than anything else. I'm saying even before this, like even the other, like I do like the look of Leonardo's art. Okay, that yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, even this, like you said, the same thing that you're saying with this, like you're like, oh, I like the character work and I like those things. Oh, no, I I get exactly what you're saying because even with the dot matrix style of the colors, it feels like at some points in the uh, like the original art of the series, it looks good. It has a throwback. It has a throwback look. Good, but then in the progression of telling a story, the panel layouts, the close-ups, it really takes away from what they're trying to like you know convey through the story. And that's kind of how I feel in a different way, but the same with this. I, I can get behind, even though all the characters, their faces look too alike because of that style. And that's why I kind of, it reminds me of Riley Rossmo, even if it's not like Riley Rossmo, but the eyes are very distinct and they look alike on each character. And they, they have all this. But again, the progressions are terrible. I'm reading this. This the book only is a time mess. I thought that I didn't understand. I actually went back and reread some stuff for the way because I think that the progression and panel out and stuff like that, it's it's ton better than what we usually get. But I at still one think point, it's horrible. When Sin is like consumed by Megara, right? The entity that's been wanting to consume her, even though we have no real reason of understanding of why this is happening. It's just something that Dinah has stated from the beginning. This is going to happen. We have to stop it from happening. And they're trying to do that right now. But Sin is consumed by Megara. And then all of a sudden, Black Canary just goes and zonks out. She gets on her knees and she just zones out for a page or two and i thought she was possessed by megara that entire time and realized oh wait she had to snap out of she's just in shock right now and i like for some reason this personally the way she was hepping it was just so weird that dinah would just like you know well i'm giving up it's gonna take a pep talk from harley quinn to say you know it's not over till it's over still what i have a problem with is that it, it it's a mess i i'm not even saying progressions i'm just saying each panel if you look at each page and look at the backgrounds, because there's no real backgrounds, it's fucking smudges of fucking color. It, at points, it's all green. Then it's yellow smudged. Then you have purple and yellow smudged. There's not. Re- I don't get even at points that they're in a jungle, in a city, where the fuck they are. They're just running around yelling things, and you kind of get the story being told on top of that. But I'm telling you, there are times where it looks like somebody was like watercoloring and just spilled everything on the page. The actual characters in the foreground are okay, 
But behind it, it's just a complete and utter mess. And I'll tell you, I think the progressions go better because nothing's happening. You have a fight here. You have a yelling there. And then all of a sudden you, you have Dinah on her knees because really this issue from everything that we got before, it, nothing really progresses except that Megara ends up getting sin, swallows sin, and then Dinah follows. And they're going to have, you know, talk in the belly of the beast. But nothing really comes too, about. Because- what I thought I fumbled previously when I was talking about a previous issue where I thought, oh, well, she's going to take over Wonder Woman and stuff like that, because obviously in my mind, Wonder Woman's a better host. Yeah, and she yeah. flung her away. I'm like, oh, I guess she didn't take over Wonder Woman for as we were talking about it. But in this issue, Wonder Woman's completely taken over by McGarrett. It's going to fight what people we have here. I didn't think she did before because she did fling her. I agree. But now she is. Now, I guess Wonder Woman swam back to the shore, then got taken over. There are points in this but where- not but, a permanent host. Well- And what happens, though, in this where at one point Wonder Woman is going to take down, I I believe it is like Harley and Zell. Oh, no, it's Cass and Zella. And then all of a sudden Meridian shows up, which is Max Max. from the future. And would you would just Wonder Woman as if she has been taken care of? We don't really see that she is, isn't or whatnot. But then two pages later, Wonder Woman is somewhere else fighting Big Barda. I don't know what's happening in this book. And overall, here are the things, and we'll go through the story, but there's not much to it. It's the same thing, just extended. They're there to get Sin. Oh, no, where uh-huh. Sin? Sin gets taken over. But when we're at this point, I don't think anybody reading this who's jumped on this, you know, fresh with not a lot of background, even really get the idea of who Sin is still. Well, that's the you thing. Keep is, sin being is important to a weird. lot of people from pre-Flashpoint era of Black Canary and stuff like that, but she has not been around for over a decade, and all of a sudden she's the big thing where she's been hidden on a Themyscira, Paradise Island this entire time, and we just have this random evil that's going to take her over that Dinah knows about, and we have to go and take care of that on Themyscira without getting Wonder Woman's consent because she might say no. So it's such a weird idea that placing everything that you no have, sense. any kind of emotional context on this character's sin without even fully describing who Sin is to the people who have been reading for the past decade. And we've had little things. In this, there's the full opportunity to say, for for you get Megara say, hey, listen, and this crazy idea. I end up looking at people at one point when it's like, why are you sarcastic? And we're going to explain that. Well, I watch people, and people are very sarcastic, but I watch people and get the threads of their lives, and I'm going to grab it, kind of play in the face, but not really. But then Megara ends up saying, like, look at you. What we're getting from this, again, people don't know Sin. I think a lot of people don't know. The idea that she was part of the League of Assassins, they were training her to be this big deal. She was going to be a killer. In this, it looks like she's just a bookworm that, that likes to read Harry Potter. You go back and say, oh, let's see what you do. And playing off the idea that she's bored and wants to be something bigger. Are they redoing the character? Because that's not really the character. Agreed. Not but the th- real play. This is, but this is what Sin's been doing on the island this whole time. Just kind of reading and studying stuff like that. And the girl's like, you's a boring bitch. You know, if you let me consume you, you'd have such a more interesting life because I ain't going to be a boring bitch like that. Then, again, though, even later when she says to Dinah, she never says, listen, I was used and abused and they were trying to set me up or whatever. She says, oh, I just wanted to get big and strong and be like you and be a that doesn't give you the background. People aren't going to know. And I don't know what the back. I think maybe Kelly Thompson has been told or allowed that Sin's background's a little different, that she is just a shut in 
not allowed to do well, it's much. It's such a books. weird idea because the sin hasn't been around through all of the new Fifty Two reboot. Whatever aspects of that are still in continuity or not, but it just seemed like even with that, it's like you know how. What is the full background anymore that does anybody know between Green Arrow and Black Green Arrow and Black Canary? Because even Connor was just kind of reintroduced in the idea of like their memories being scrambled, not remembering things. It's just so innocuous about anything that they want to describe with the characters and their backgrounds anymore because the New 52 is that giant like bump that kind of just derails things whenever you want to go forward. Because some stuff's still in continuity and some stuff's not. Hell, Aquaman's all his continuities from the New 52 on for anything we had before, it's kind of all just been thrown away. It is. But in the in this book, and here we go, the idea where to me Sin is a good character and intriguing because almost like a Damian Wayne. You know, something yeah. like, oh, my God, she's been training even a cast like this is the connections that she would have with some characters. But instead, now it just seems they just want to center on the idea that she's in a room reading books and very bored and doesn't have much to do. You're not giving people the character. So I don't know if that is. But also, are we learning a lot about Zealot? Uh, to me, no. no. Right. Are we learning? And I'm not a Wildstorm guy and I don't know a lot about Zealot. Yeah. Are we learning a lot? Because one of what is supposed to be like, I think that Kelly Thompson, I keep going back to the play and I think Kelly Thompson's a better or good enough writer than some of the others that end up doing horse shit. But still, very inconsistent. But still, I don't know if she gets the lay of the land. This is like what I think happened with, say, a Brian Michael Bendis. He comes over and thinks Mark Shaw's going to wow the pants off of everybody when it's revealed that's <laughs> Leviathan, not knowing that nobody gives a shit, right? So I think that... You mean the former Manhunter? Mark Shaw man. Bendis? Oh my god! When you had Kelly Thompson announce this team, the last pick i've talked about this the last pick was harley hey everybody harley expecting that's the applause that is the mic drop at the end of the week because she did it all in a week it last was harley for a reason because she thought that and people said oh man like right away why do we have to have you know harley on the team and she legitimately came out and said what's going on i thought all dc fans loved harley not realizing that the comic fans have kind of had enough of harley they did they, you know, and so people were upset about it. And in this, is there a play? And this is all on editors, really. Is this a play where she's been told some things or she heard some things and throw it? Because the idea of having the future maps, that sounds cool until we get nothing from it. And it goes against kind of the play that we all think that, oh, maps is going to be a Robin. Like, like that kind of thing. That, but we don't get anything. Maps is kind of an obscure character, too. And each character, like for certain Batman fans. That's my whole play is, does she think that maps, which we love. Obviously, is, everybody read Gotham Academy. That's yeah. why it's still going on. Does she think that that character was more, that's the Mark Shaw moment that I'm saying, that she thought that everybody loved Mark maps Shaw so much. In, in this, there's so many. Because I think that maybe she's not aware that these characters aren't known or like come again, I keep saying because again, she's coming I, over I, from I'm, Marvel. I'm with is, you. The idea of including maps for you and me, that's cool. But what are you getting from a future map superhero calls herself a Meridian? I don't understand the character. It's a time travel. That's it. What she should have done. I mean, really, if you're going to make the name Meridian's a weird name, you should call her MacGuffin, Eric, because that's all she is. She shows up just to I say. Oh, my God. She should have been. Because when she shows up and, uh, oh, you need this one thing to be done? Oh, Maps, you can't do that. Oh, wait a minute. I just I fixed the frequency. I just freaked the, fr I fixed the frequency, but only temporarily. I freaked the fixancy. <laughs> I freaked the frequency. <laughs> it happened twice now. Happens in this issue. But, again, is this where she thinks that Sin 
is so well known that we don't have to bring up the fact that she was being raised to be pretty much the head of the League or, of Assassins and say, was in and there that, and trapped. Say, and, you don't have to bring up anything except for Dinah's like her sister mother. Yeah, but even then, that gets a little confused. So she doesn't do anything. At some point, and I thought this was going to be it. Oh, my God, we're going to see the dark past of Sin and see and play that angle. Hey, listen, you were used and abused. They took to, you know, they didn't ask you if you wanted to be a living weapon. They were making you that. And then when they take you away from that, they shut you in a room where all you have to do is read books and stuff. Why don't you have? She's never had her own life. That makes it more. And they don't bring it up. And then when, like I said, Dinah comes and says, oh, man. You know, I'm glad we we're going to save you. And she's oh, man, I want to be a hero like you. Never Which is funny, too, anything. because when they reintroduced, you know, Batgirl Cass, uh, Cassandra Cain from the Batman and Robin, like, eternal book that we had for, the, like, the New 52 era of continuity, stuff like that. She'd never been around before. This is her first introduction. They essentially played almost the same game where it's like, she's here. She's this weapon. She's this dangerous thing. But they never really talked about it too much. And they haven't yeah. really played with it. Like, we had David, said, though. Well, you did have David Kane. It was like a little bit different. It had mother and stuff like that. Man, but like man. it was just, all right, she's established. People know who Batgirl is. We don't ever have to talk about it ever again. In my mind, when Batman and Robin the Turtle came out, Cass was still a way bigger character than Sin. Sin is I a agree. side character, and you need to establish, you need to give us, and like I said, if you go by the page, because there hasn't been any Sin in quite some time, but a lot of sin, just not this. She's just been a bored girl who's read books and didn't have a life. And even when you do that where... And evil comes for her. Yeah, you end up having this idea because they even... Kelly Thompson even fudges this a bit because you get sin gets swallowed up. Oh, yep. these... Tw- oh, what are these threads? Oh, where's your thread? I don't have one. I'm going to take yours. And then Dinah decides, okay, um, what was me? Sin's gone. Harley does what she did in Night Terrors. She just comes up with rules. She says, hey, Dinah, it can't be done yet because if, if it was like she knows for a fact that this one monster god thing would definitely transform into understand. all these things. We don't know anything about them. And she's like, oh, no, no, it can't be over yet. Even some other people are like, I, I feel it isn't over. What are you talking about? And then Harley says, there'd be, a big, tra- up. <laughs> there'd be a big transformation and there'd be this and that. You don't know that, but it does give Dinah hope to then say, all right, no, swallow Dinah, me up. Dinah hope after a hard ass slap to yeah, her face Yeah, it gets a well. slap to the face and like, you know, throw me in. Hey there. And even then you get that. We- Everything seems to be ambiguous to the deal. Hey, I have to get in. Well, I'll toss you, and Harley will throw bombs. Okay, that works. They go in. And, and again, I'm telling you, Harley just becomes Bomberman in this, where she has non-lethal bombs. Like, I'm telling you, a big old cartoon round fuse bombs that she's just tossing every which way. You freaking take on Amazons, McGarrett, all this stuff. I'm like, what, what, what is this book? I'm telling you, I had such high hopes for a Birds of Prey book, but it is nothing but a, an ill-conceived message at this point. It because is. there is no real conception to what we're going. We we're thrown into the deep end, and hopefully, eventually, Kelly Thompson will decide to let, let us know what's going on here. And that's why at the beginning when I and I, it kind of was a misplay by me, Eric, a rare one when you have yeah. the art. And we were talking when I said the book's a mess. I didn't just mean the art. I mean, everything. It is a mess. I mean, the story has just been kind of going around in circles here with that whole play of, look, we're on Themyscira and we're fighting that. But she's possessed. She's There's a big bad you don't know. And she's after another character you don't know. Well, are you going to tell us about it? Nope. We're just going to go on. Here's a team. Let's go fight. I mean, even the fact that this Majera who's upset because she never really had a life was a god, but it's on Themyscira, but the, the, the Amazons never knew all this stuff. And even then you have Zealot's big players all going 
take care of these Amazons because of that curse. It's all a mess. But when you get to this and you go into Majeran, you're going to have Dinah and Sin talk. Majera suddenly turns into like a 14-year-old girl. I'm here. You know, like at one point, mm-hmm, I'm here. Excuse me. And they start talking to the point of, I'm. why don't you take me? Because Sin was the one who invited me. I Now there's vampire rules. You have to invite me in. And then <laughs> Sin says, I didn't invite her in. I didn't read an evil book and wish for I an incantation or whatnot. of a more exciting life. To be like you, Dinah. Yeah, but there you go. Even then, it's like, you, I don't know why you're explaining things against stuff and then get it, but then in the mind, they're there. And like, okay, we'll figure this out. We'll get out of here. And then all of a sudden, Dinah pulls out the banshee pearls and then yells. Well, well e- even the idea of this god being, right, who's this eternal thing that we know nothing really about. But when we get to the meat of the like the matter, when we get inside the mind, the body of it, where like, you know, Sin and Dinah are... They're like, ahem, I feel like you guys are missing the headline, which is, sin is done. And like, I'm the new sin, or I will be shortly. And and so becomes that even more, because at one point, like, sin's there. She's well, I probably been, will need a place to stay, Carrie, yeah, if that's, the office but still that's stands. The sin is there, and she's kind of like, yeah, it's weird. Like, she's kind of captive, but it was for her own good, but she wants to go. So Dinah's like, we're going to get you out of here, and you come live with me. Oh, my God, you're going to let me live with you guys? That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm like here. But by the way, I need somewhere to stay. So I hope the offer still stands. I'm like, what happened to this ancient God? This? <laughs> Even then, at the one point, because Kelly Thompson wants to do jokes. Too many teenage girl life strands inside this McGarrett. I, I guess. And where are they watching things on Themyscira? It's so bizarre. So you have this whole play. And even little asides where Sin's like, oh, what's up with you? And I want to know, you know, everything about you. Well, you know, your boring ass life is really worth saving. It's like, where did you learn sarcasm? Why? Why are we doing this? And it's just so that you can turn into a 14-year-old girl here. Because then it, she it says, oh. It sounds like it wants to be like Buffy dialogue back in the day, but not good. <laughs> It doesn't shock you at points if I tell you that Kelly Thompson is kind of like a protege of Brian Michael Bendis because it has that feel. Not exactly the, a lot of times, that ladder of dialogue thing, but it still has that jokiness to it, but it does. It wants to, and really what I kind of get mad about, whether it's something or not, it feels more of a Marvel thing. And when you come here with these characters, these characters are not jokes. You have Harley there. That's supposed to be the lighten up the mood character, and that drives people nuts. But not Dinah, not Sin, not Wonder Woman, not Zealot, but yet everybody's telling jokes, and now the god is telling jokes, the big bad. The big bad who had Wonder Woman in the grips and said, oh, what, we're not dealing with Wonder Woman? Throw you in the bay just to come back. It's nonsense. And like I said, even Maps shows up, Meridian shows up just to do this deal, and the talk is shorting out because something's wrong on Themyscira with her future tech until it isn't. She goes, oh, oh, I actually fixed Fixed it, it. but it's only temporary, so I'll do this. You guys run. I'm like, really? Now, before we give our scores, (laughs) we're going to do our books of the year type deal, a very quick deal, but I went through a bunch of, you know, lists. I love looking at lists, and I love the books of the year, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, this book is on a lot of lists, and I'm talking like I read 12 lists, and it was on seven of them. I don't know how. And even if it's great, I just still don't feel like there's been enough issues to really put it on a list for a best of year. 
there's five issues. We have, you know, usually 11 or 12. Even so, they're, they're a mess. I am telling you right now that I think this book could end up being good eventually. You got to get out of this so. story. This story well, once the story's is over, horrible. we get new people on the team like yeah, because we're going to get really back row and stuff like that. And then I hope, I hope to God that maybe this was a story. I hate to say that I hope this, but that the editors were like, "Hey, we'll help you out." And now let Kelly Thompson write her own because this is I I don't under like again I I don't know what it is, but it needs to change. Yeah, it's just not a good book. And this whole play of going to get sin. On Themyscira, there's not enough story for two issues, and we're on issue five, and we're still not off because even the idea that cliffhanger is one of the like, what is where you would sit at the end of this and say, oh my god, I gotta. She throws these pearls and then uses the canary cry to make them blow up or whatnot, but you don't even see or know what's they're breaking happening. Breaking out of Don't even know what that. That's it. That you know the idea that they're breaking out of this twiny deal. That's not a great cliffhanger, but it is what it is. But what would you give it? Ultimately, I give this book a five out of ten. I could go, go lower. It's just telling you the art is—I don't know—it's—it's it's not <sighs> great for this book in my mind. But I like some of the features of it. But it's and the stories of myself. Tell you, I go down to a four point five out of ten too. It's just very disappointing overall for what we're going with. Hello, this book. can you go, Eric? I'm going to go four. I—I'd like to give it an FU five because I like to play Sammy Hagar. But I'm going to give it a four. And, and like I said, when I'm going through it. It's it's the backgrounds that drive me nuts. You can't even tell where they are or whatnot. They're in like this weird like mirror horror house room or something going on. And it's a, it's very colorful, but I don't think the colors play out in a way that they they're less popping colors and more annoying because they're just weird. Like you have purple bombs going off at one point. I just don't know. It seems like everybody wants to have fun on it, but it's just not that fun and you're not doing what you should be doing with a birds of prey book to introduce you get a wacky team you got to explain them you got to give you got to wonder or at least know that some people are going to come in here and not know much about sin or zealot or even big barda you know the big joke in this is i'm here with big girl you jerk curly oh oh, i mean big barda i didn't mean big girl all right calm down over there little bat (laughs) there you go here we go ah but yeah i'm a four out of 10 but that'll be it for the first section we're going to take a little break and we'll be back with three more books hey everybody do you like eating but don't have time to cook tasty nutritious meals for you and your family well why don't you let factor america's number one ready to eat meal delivery service do almost all the work for you skip the meal planning grocery shopping shopping prepping and cleaning up i mean who has time for all that when you just want to eat So get Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals delivered right to your door. They're ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. And you can choose from over 35 chef-crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, protein-plus, and more. And if you're just like me, you just try them all. Plus, Factor isn't just for dinner. Count on extra convenience any time of the day with an assortment of over 55 add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. Choose from quick breakfast items, lunch to go, grab-and-go snacks, and ready-to-drink cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. Now, with all that aside, Factor sent me a bunch of meals, and they had smoothies, protein drinks, all of this for me to try, and they were pretty good. Head to FactorMeals.com slash weird science 50 
and use code Weird Science 50 to get 50% off of Factor right now. That's code Weird Science 50 at factormeals.com slash Weird Science 50 to get 50% off. I'll have a link in the show notes for you to just click and go. Seriously, try it out. I ended up probably eating some of the best meals I've had in quite some time. And it's no joke. They are ready in two minutes and they are ready to go and taste awesome. So check that out. Thanks a lot, everybody. And back to the show. Somebody once told me, don't eat blue guabi. You do, you might just end up dead. She was looking kind of green, pointing at me, kind of mean. Oh, shit. I think that's poison ivy. Well, Start coming and they don't stop coming. Mommy is zombies gonna hit the ground running. Didn't make sense when the smoke got fun. It went from cool, but now it's kinda dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So I go back to got those back streets. Sales are the reason we go. But the star of the book we all know. Janet, she's a make talk. Kiss an Ivy, go play. Janet, she's a make talk. Early Harley, get laid. Watch out for them. That's a diss, Eric. I know that you like this book more than me, but we're going to start with that book. And You and your diss tracks. We do get a little... <laughs> I have the, the nicest diss tracks, I would hope, Eric. Uh, you know, I try to get a little cutting there. It is about Janet from HR, and it's weird. I actually didn't mind her She's showing no up in this issue. And I thought about Kevin because little do we know, because we dropped the Harley book, Kevin has come back. But you know that you know that Teeny Howard's probably messed him up. You know that, Eric. But we do like Kevin. This is kind of the Kevin play with Jenna from HR. But I don't, I don't know why I I got mad because we like to just joke, oh, Jenna from HR. But when Poison Ivy introduces her as that, I'm like, ah, now now they're saying the joke as well. But here we are. It's Poison Ivy. It's a weird book. It changes around a lot. You get some wacky stuff going on at the end of this. I don't know what you're going to think. I told you this earlier this week, but give us the credits and we'll jump into it. Poison Ivy, number 18, written by G. Will Wilson, with art by Luana Vecchio, Arif Prianto, and Hassan Atzmain Elhal. And in this issue, I just want to say you were complaining last issue about how you thought the art was a little too cartoony. And I'm saying that was nothing compared to the cartoony art we get this issue. Oh, my God. Same Everybody artist. It's, it's not the same, same art. It's, it can't I think be the it same is. art. Yeah, it, can't it is. It is. I, I'm pretty sure it's it's exactly what I saw it's last so time. It's so funny because the thing is, I, I'm sitting here. I, I should have double-checked, but I'm an idiot, so obviously I'm not going to do this. But this just feels so much more cartoony than anything we had in the previous issue, though. Because I thought the previous issue lightened up the tone of the book a little bit, but pretty much still remained pretty much how everything like uh, felt and seemed in the previous issues of Poison Ivy. Usually when we start arguing like that, because we were, it goes a little too long. I try to cut a little deal, but people know what we're talking about. But I was so angry at you when we finished. I even sent pictures. I was sending evidence to you because I was so irritated. Like, how can you not see it then? Not only that, Eric, then I started pleading my case to Matt Razor. A bunch of them, I'm like, <laughs> do, you, I like do you think that this looks dark? And I sent the Marcelo Takara art. That's usually the deal. Oh, yeah, yeah that's the deal. And I'm like, do you think that this is like the same dark tone? They're like, that looks like the Harley cartoon. I'm like, thank you. 
Thank you so much. I'm, See, I'm looking I know now. the way you sent this was just for you to get what you wanted out of it, not the idea. Like, this feels the same tone, but just lighten up. I'm sure they would have said yes as well. Eric. Uh, the, the funny play is that they keep listing. I'm looking at the roundup just to see how this goes, and they keep listing uh, Takara as the artist because that's obviously not the case. But now I'm going to go look, Eric. I'm going to look at the previous deal. I'm going to look at the cover is how I'm doing it. And uh, darn it, I hit the wrong thing. This is not going well. <laughs> it's not going well for me. I'm looking now. Yes, same artist. That's so crazy. I'm both. telling you, thing. I told you this. You said that, like, this feels way more cartoony than anything we had in the previous issue. But it's I will Solomon tell you this. Solomon Grundy in this. I think that's what really gets you. Even Killer Croc, up really I think. There. I don't know. You got to look. Of them, I think there was a like, blindfold over your face last time because it's the same thing. That's what I was telling you. That it, it doesn't. It has cartoony details. Solomon Everything Grundy, looks I will say, is the big standoff kind of like cartoony aspect of it's this. Very but cartoony, I, we, though, right? Beyond us freaking arguing whether or not this is cartoony or not, because I, I, I will agree with you. This issue, that for some reason, more than last issue, this is more cartoony. I'm going to be sending you pictures after this, Eric. But Poison yeah. Ivy all lamy it up with Solomon Grundy, who decides to work with her and Killer Croc to take on the Lamia zombies that are coming for Mommy Dearest right now. And it's pretty much what I want it to be until we have to, like, you know, coax Solomon Grundy into staying where he just sits on a porch the rest of the situation. I'm telling you, it's, it's what I wanted to a degree because you pretty much have Solomon Grundy saving the day by being all Solomon Grundy about it and just smashing some heads because of who he is. But it's like, well, got to go back to make some antidote for the Lamia zombies. Well, this isn't working as fast as I want to be. I better go talk to Batman, who's the most awesome Batman I've ever heard in my life, the way he's talking to Poison Ivy. I know they're not friends, but I don't understand who this Batman is. And it's weird, too, when we get to that. But I'll, I'll give you, a, I have a couple notes, not many, but my one note was, why didn't you have Solomon Grundy fighting off zombies as they came in, giving the time to do the antidote? Because you could have at least then had some funny little aside with Solomon Grundy punching this. And so, at or least even he's, Killer he's Croc just sitting just, there. Killer Croc working like a freaking tag team with him. They're going like like back and forth this whole situation with Solomon Grundy because this is the Solomon Grundy that only just says the Solomon Grundy rhyme with every line he does. And I just want Killer Croc in every panel if they do to go back and forth fighting these zombies like this while like Pamela you works on Chewbacca? the antidote. Is that what no, you want? I, well, I just uh, want to at least keep saying, I know. Oh, yeah. I was, I was going to go with the idea. He's like, born on a Monday. Yeah, yeah, I know you got three of them. Lay off, buddy. Like, you I do not even want had, Solomon Grundy to beat Chewbacca. You could also some people had, understand him more. The, the Gimli and the Legolas, because they're going and trying to take down these Islam. It, it would have been funny. Or that Solomon Grundy's so out of it, he's like punching a tree at one point. Killer Croc's like, no, no, over here. You Good over. job, buddy. And so when you have this, though, it, it's a weird play. And I'll tell you why I thought last issue, and I said the cartoony. And this, I think you might be right. It's a little more. It's still cartoony last issue i still i'll stand on that one for a while but you're playing a dark story i mean you're fighting lamia spore zombies and it looks like you're supposed to giggle like it's some saturday morning cartoon it doesn't work that and this art is fine but not here it doesn't work in a book that has been dark and has been you know marceo takara's art who's usually on it's very i say scratchy but it is that uh-huh. it's a dark tone and it fit the book and, and then it you worked get for this. a slaughter swamp background that we'd have as well. And then you get this, though, and you're like, it just looks like the card. And I wonder if it's the play of, well, we are back in Gotham and Harley's, because it starts looking like the Harley cartoon almost. But it's not Harley's book. And it's a darker story, especially at the end. 
when you end up having, you know, plant baby floronic man, <laughs> you want to end up having this as something kind of, and, and you're even doing onomatopoeia where he like smashes thing and it says sploosh. That doesn't sploosh. work for this story in my mind. And then just what happens, like you said, Pam's like there and like, okay, and hey, Solomon, you going to stay with us? No. Oh, okay. Well, he is, but he's going to sit here and say his deal. We're going to go in and work out this antidote. And I don't know. Ivy in this starts to play like the weird, like, hey, thanks a lot, Croc, but I'm kind of pissed and I want to do this, but it's not my fault. And then I'm going to go like, talk we to have Batman. What feels like new stakes because the whole thing leading into from last issue into this issue felt like, oh my God, the, zo- the Lamia Spore zombie apocalypse is upon us. And that's felt like what felt like we're going to do. We did have the little. The little idea that, you know, something was wrong with Pam, with her ribs were hurting her from waking up weird to the point where she's just becoming, you know, pregnant, like completely out of nowhere. Like overnight, she's getting a belly. For some reason, it even seems like it's almost like a sitcom where she's pregnant and they have to keep hiding her belly from the, the camera and stuff like that. Where you can't show that the actress is actually pregnant. But for one reason, she starts getting a belly, but nobody is saying anything. It seems like she's trying to hide it until she eventually this pretty much this keels over and is giving birth to where like, the floronic man, Jason Woods, just rips out of her. But like, we're left in this weird point where there's blood on the ground. Some Grundy's doing born on a Monday bullshit. But like, is she like Crocs you know, throwing up? <laughs> is she like ripped to like hot dog wise? It what am I dealing with like, right now? I mean, and even then, what you should the the play would be that somebody who has known her throughout the series would start really realizing, and you could play. I mean, how she acts to Batman, but play the idea. And what I'm saying is, it's Janet from HR who should have been. Harley could be, but Janet from HR would be the good play. Give her something to do. Of you know. Poison Ivy being very temperamental, being very, you know, she's nice one minute, she's getting upset, and we're wondering, like, what really is going on? Then we realize, oh, it's because she's pregnant. I mean, I've dealt with my wife being pregnant five times. Wacky, Eric, the whole time. You're all over the... Have her she pregnant t- right now? Uh, maybe. Have her... Uh, oh, my. That was a, that was a <laughs> diss track. Have her... <laughs> like, suddenly she wants to eat some crazy food. Like, give us a little more... Like set up, Ow, give us side. a little more. Yeah, that's all. Like have her like, oh, I, I haven't eaten this. Eat. That's where you get Harley. Like, you know what I could really go for? Like, suddenly she wants a, a big burger. A, you know, the the deal or belly burger, whatever the fuck they big call belly it. burger, big belly burger. And they're like, yeah, they had meat and this, cola. and like she's like, ah, eh, you know, I just kind of crave that. Give us some weird little hints that now it would make sense because when these things happen, and it happens in this book a lot, we've talked about it every time we talk about the book. Where it changes tones, it changes directions. When it went from a six issue to a ten to an ongoing, it kept changing its deal. And when it does this, like here, it feels like somebody came up with this last month and all of a sudden you swear because nothing was set up. It's all of a sudden, oh, my side hurts, pregnant, boom, floronic, man. Who then we ate at the, like, who she consumed at the end of the first arc of the story. So it's so far removed to this point that the floronic man is back. Even though I say that, but one of our biggest complaints of the book is it's, Never stopped being about the Floronic Man, even though he was consumed like so long ago. Yeah. And so when you do this, it's again, the book is back and forth and all over. Is this where now, because I, the, and I say it all the time, what little sales you can look at, rankings and things like that. This book was kicking ass. It's starting to go down a little. And now that they think, and I think that they're very reactionary with this book. And so they say, oh, we got to get back to that other stuff. But is it too late for that? Now you're going to get people pissed off that want Harley more, and you get it's all over the place. But even so, she goes to talk to Batman, and they're both just 
assholes to each other. I mean, they're both really pricks to each other. I'd love to say that Batman is just Zorn or Batman, but I think that we're seeing the future because he seems like a damn robot. And at one, and then Ivy's just yelling at him, and he's like, "You're a piece of shit, Ivy." That's pretty much the deal. You're always fucking up, and I'm sick of this shit. I got shit on my plate. This, and I'm like, "What is going on? Why can't you just have Batman come in and be nice?" And she even says, "Batman, people think that he's nice, nice under the cow, so and he's a dick." Just so standoffish, because yes, obviously we have a problem. It's Pamela Isley, but she is trying to come up with a solution, and Batman is just freaking like, you know. Throwing a shade at her at every instance he can in the dialogue, even though she's coming to him because she needs help right now. But no, I should lock you in the PD. Oh, like, but I'm going to do this for you. Well, thank you. Do not thank me. This isn't a favor for you. I'm like, can, can we please? Look, I understand you guys have had some problems in the past, but for some reason, this Batman just feels like it's not Bruce Wayne at all to me. Do you think that at some point, like, Ivy should just start pulling out all the times that she saved his ass in big events yeah. and things like that because she has? And you're also playing a character while it's way far removed. This character has been put through the ringer to get to this point. The idea that she wanted to go and just take down the whole entire world, which she says in a really like side way, like, hey, I was doing this because I wanted to, you know, get the world back you to how it should your be. Hand with, you know, yeah, genocide. Like, genocide. But the idea that she had gotten half her power stripped away, she got this, the whole Heroes in Crisis, like she has been, and the Heroes in Crisis shit, all in all, is a third of the fall to Batman. Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman had done fucked up with that sanctuary, so fuck you, Batman. But Ivy's even kind of a jerk. A bit, but I, I, I'm with Ivy here because Batman so is I. a prick, and it only feels like when that happens. Though it, it, it's not in the character. I, I think that G. Willow Wilson thinks it is. I think that she thinks the brooding Batman would act like this, but there's no way. There's I just no way, hope, especially though, with the situation Ivy. that we have outside of the Pharaonic Man being big baby by the end of this, <laughs> that everything <laughs> we have baby. like going. Everything we have going on with the Lamia Spore zombies and stuff like that isn't all just taken care of because Batman went off and made some antidotes that cures the world. You know, I hope that is not the case. Doesn't because that seem like what it's going to be? It does to me, and I really hope it's not the case. Because even like we talked about with the first arc of this, where everything that Ivy wanted to do, all agency was taken away from when the Pharaonic Man said, no, this is my idea. I did this, and everything you thought you did, that actually didn't happen. I'm like, that ruined this. Now, if Ivy goes and has been doing all this time and Batman saves the day, I'm like, you would just keep doing this to Ivy where everything she tries to do isn't good enough and somebody else has to actually take credit for it. Yep. Whether it's good or bad. When you end up, you know, doing what I said, it seemed as if at one point that DC was really kind of getting edgy with G. Will Wilson. Hey, let's go for it. This is a villain. Most of the villains nowadays, if you haven't noticed, are just heroes who haven't been hugged yet. It always ends up hugs have been the way to stop most villains lately. Hugs, not drugs. And Poison Ivy was one of those where people are fighting good, bad, whatnot. And it seemed to be the play of neither. It's just what, you know, the, the classic villain. She thinks she's doing the right thing. And some people would look at it as doing the right thing with the environment and things like that. So it, it was edgy. I didn't love it. It was That's the thing. It was too dark for me. I was like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. I'm a good now, boy. But now I realize looking back, like, I'd rather have that because it had some substance to it. It had some, you know, some meat on the bone. As you said, now it doesn't. It's kind of and it seems like maybe they want and to get still that playing back. the same old game, though. Yeah. And so with that, though, 
I do believe the next issue, it'll be funny. Next issue will have fun because Marceo Takara is back on art. So now we'll really see like, oh, crap, it was a lot darker than I'll go. It feels like the next issue might be a flashback issue to show the meeting of yeah, we did Poison talk Ivy about that. and yeah. That, and I just why, hope that why? the gardener's involved because the gardener felt like a big new character from Ivy's past that should really be involved in what's the going on. The gardener's in like one Ivy. of the solicits coming up, but okay. I think we're going like a it's like a poison ivy year one that we're gonna be going saying, back. And the gardener should have been there. Well, I think she will, but do we need to go back to that now after all this like you said, we keep going back to the Floronic man. Now we're gonna go back and just see I just this book I has will tell just you become this. nothing. I don't look forward to the idea because I like a good momentum to our story, but I think it's more due here since it has been a retcon to our past that hasn't been fully explored than than what we have going on with Batman right now. With okay, let's stop a new Joker year one, Pamela Isley year one, Poison Ivy year one. That'll work for me just because we don't know enough about that at this point in time, even though it's been retconned a while ago. I think we do. That's the the weird play is I think that she's bitched enough about it that we know what's. I mean, I look at the cover, and there she is. She's in college, and there's Woodrow, and we, we've been told what happens with all that. Now we'll see the intimate details, I guess. But it seems like the story was already told, and now we're just going to go back to it. Why wasn't this done back when it should have been told? And now it's just this book kind of zigzags we have and to take up yo-yos. Here to have Jenna from HR being scared to give Killer Croc donuts. Well, yeah, yep, that, and and then when we go back, obviously, no, Janet. Somehow, Janet will be like in a class. Or She's a freshman. <laughs> it'll be so stupid. It'll be something. But at, at the end of this, with the cartoony art, with then the jokes, with the donuts, even, and really, the big joke would have been to give Croc the next donut, and he eats it, <laughs> and then her say, "Well, thanks." Croc stops her because she has a bunch of stuff that Ivy needs for the antidote, but she also got some groceries, including donuts. Like, I heard the word donuts. And then he's like, you know, she's all scared of Killer Croc, as she should be in my mind. She hands him a donut, nom, 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 and then holds his hand up, another one for Grundy. And then Ivy yells out, Janet, I need you. And then Janet looks back, I'll, uh, I'll bring more donuts later. I'm like, give him the bag. He can give himself donuts. Calm but down. He is a joke. man. The joke would be that he gets the donut for Grundy and eats it, no, no, and, no, then, no, no, no. and then Grundy comes over, born on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what's it? No, no. And then you play Chewbacca again. But yeah, really, the setup here. And then you and, wrestle and break the shack. Well, these are the things that I don't feel like are being done, because what you want to do here is set up a weird, like, kind of a friendship now between, you know, Killer Croc and Janet, because eventually you'll have. Killer Croc saved Janet. Janet will be, oh my god, but you're not really doing that. You, you're not doing anything. That's just wasted page Croc space. Croc donuts, and I get it. Yeah. Oh, I think that the idea where she says, I'll get donuts later, Croc will defend her through the end of time to get those donuts. That'll be the joke. That'll be the, when we eventually get back to it. So what you're telling me is, Killer Croc vomiting in his masks and whatever that we had in Suicide Squad over and over again is going to become donut jokes in Poison Ivy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. Because up until now, I mean, Janet from HR is kind of the Joker's son. It's just, it's nonsense. Uh, but then at the end, even the go that far to be like, oh my God, Ivy, she's ripping apart and her, her chest is, cr-. I'm like, it's too much. And it's cartoony then. And then the weird part is, because I didn't even think like at the last page, I'm like, who's that? Oh, that's, that's Salman Grundy. <laughs> I didn't even recognize that was him from behind. I thought like, what, did Zealot show up? Well, it's funny to me because I really want to know what happens inside the shack when, you know, I get, I have to imagine Poison Ivy rips open and this pharaonic man plant monster big baby comes out of her. 
because he then leaves. He goes out of the shack and gets confronted by Solomon Grundy. This is not a cliffhanger, but I just want to know what Killer Croc did when after this all happened, this giant plant monster came out of Ivy. It is kind of like, oh, this is too much for old Whaler Jones. I'm out of here. <laughs> I think it's just like, hey, about that donut? I see. That's where you do it. About that donut? Care for a donut for Man. Man. So crazy. So crazy. No, like, Croc should be just straight up attack. How about a Hertz donut? Ugh. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, at the end, it's like, I don't know. This book is always wacky to me. It's I just love the idea, too, somewhere. because when, when Jason Woodrow does come out and makes his way out of the shack, he has to give the ex, like you know, exposition kind of like dialogue to himself. And like, this is all said and done. He's just talking to himself at this point. You thought you could devour me, Pamela Isley? But I am more than Jason Woodrow. I am the Ferotic Man. I am life itself, and now I will devour the world. I'm like, all right, that's some good. That's some good. He's yelling. There, he's Jason. yelling at the Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy's going to be like, you know, ill on a Thursday. <laughs> he's just going <laughs> to say his stupid. And then, what are you talking about? He's going to get angry. Or he's like, and then he's like, you know, born on a Monday. And then Florence Man's finally somebody gets me. Right? You play that joke, Harry. It's, it's back to Chewbacca. It's so stupid. It's it's big, but it's weird. It's like almost the same thing like we talked about in Shazam. The idea, and it's the art, like the idea where it's supposed to be this dark, crazy, but it looks like a cartoon. Then at the end, you get this crazy nonsense with Woodrow, and I'm like, what are we supposed to think of this? Am I supposed to be really scared? Am I supposed to be excited? Am I supposed to? Because I rolled my eyes. I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. It wasn't anything that I was that pumped up for, but it could be big. It, it should be big, but now we're going to go back. It looks like for Pam to kind of go back, and who knows what's going on? She might be like, "Oh no, I'm back in the green in somehow, twine. and I'm thinking this, and I'm doing this, and I'm in a coma, and I'm doing this. I don't know, but we're going to go back." Well, and the see some has things. to heal her body up now, so she's going to have the memories back to the good old days well, of college. That's the thing. Batman is going to cure the. I think Batman does. That's the only reason he was here, and, and almost if if we found this out. I'd love it because it feels like when you ended up having Lobo in the Stormwatch book, where in the book, because they were made to put Lobo in and doesn't fit. So it's like, we don't want you here, Lobo. And he's like, I don't know how the reason I am here. And then I think of this, it's like, what? I have to have Batman? All right, I'm going to talk shit on that guy. Like, it feels like that. It was a weird play. But what would you give this at the end? I would give this a 5 out of 10. Like, the thing is, it's way more yeah. cartoony art, and you have some fun stuff at the beginning, some jokes to be had, even if it shouldn't be a jokey bookie. So have some fun with the jokes. But overall, you go from fighting Lamia Spore zombies to sitting in a shack making making freaking antidotes for the, mo- the majority of the issue, what it felt like, until you come to a big cliffhanger, which is big. I and, mean, like, you know, it does something for the character. Like, you don't know how Poison Ivy's going to get out of this one. Sure, she's going to be fine. But you don't know how and Veronic Man is back. It's not a great issue, but you can, there is some stuff you can take from it that you may enjoy. Yeah, I think that it more sets up some things that could be big than actually tells a really good story here. And it's all over the place. And it kind of goes in with what I said about the whole series. I've been saying it for a while. It's always it's weird. Like, you ne- I'll give it. You never know what you're going to get with this book because it, it could go down Joe Street. It could go That's down Lamia Spore Avenue. It could go by Woodrow Lane. It could be serious, it could be jokey, but sometimes it's all like mushed together. Serious and it, it comes cul-de-sac. Out, yeah, it comes out weird. You got a, a tea party, a non-vaxxer. You, you got at one point a crazy 
factory that out of nowhere Pam was allowed to just go and storm into the CEO and demand shit. Well, there's a lot of shit that, going on in this. At one point, you have Pamela Isley having an orgy with Jennifer from HR, and then you get back to Gotham, and I, I, uh, Harley's just bagging Jennifer from HR, but you gotta keep a secret from each other. At one point, we get a whole issue where Ivy's at a, like a, a crazy hotel, motel, holiday inn, and she decides to make a garden. And then that gets overgrown, but it's good, but then it kills people. That's because they took the garden to the window to the wall. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Say what? But we're going to move on to the next book. What is the next one we're talking about there? Blue Beetle number five, written by Josh Cirillo, with art by Adrian Gutierrez, Will Quintana, and Lucas Catoni. And in this issue, we have Jaime getting serious about actually killing the blood scarab. And he has to get some help to do this, but in the meantime, we have to find out how gimmicks... The daughter of Mary, the girl of a thousand gimmicks. <laughs> like, you know, how she died previously in the Seven Soldiers of Victory and how she's back now because of the magic of the gimmicks bag. So, yeah, we're just we're just loading this book up with all the characters that are not Blue Beetle for some reason. And I don't know why we should care about it so much. It's I want to love Blue Beetle because it's one of those characters that I truly do love. But it, it's such a weird idea. It's like, you know, Josh Rule is like, Look, I don't really want to write Blue Beetle, but I'm going to write all these other characters and fill out everything I want to write besides for that character. Because I'm telling you, Jaime for two issues now has just been focused with the idea, I don't want to kill the spruce, the blood scarab. But you know what? People are giving me shit like Tracy 13, so maybe I should kill the blood scarab. You know what? I'm on board. Let's kill the blood scarab. Hey, Victoria Court, can you come up with a device, kind of like what Cyborg did to me during graduation day? I tried to separate me from the Blue Beetle, but it then actually made me stronger and long. Can you do that for like a thousand times so I can actually kill this fucker? And she's like, yeah, I think I can do that. But you know what? It's not going to work because it's not going to work. This is, this is the whole thing. You have this whole idea where Cyborg did a thing that actually made Jaime stronger in the long run. And we're going to do that again with more power. And like, <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. But it just seems like we're, we're spinning our goddamn wheels with this book. And the coolest part about it, like you might get some stuff about, hey, there's the new fadeaway, man. Here's. Gimmicks, you haven't seen her in a long while, and she's, I'm, I'm just saying, you might get something out of this. But the coolest part of the book for me is just hearkening back to Golden Age Dan Garen fighting the living mummy and tying into the blood scarab in a way. That's okay. You know what the coolest thing for me while I was reading it? When I was done reading it, so I could just say, fuck it. I think you're giving Josh Trillio a lot more credit because you're saying he's like, I don't want to write Blue Beetle. I think that he's sitting there and like, I don't know how to fucking write a comic, so I'm just going to throw shit on the page because this book is a fucking mess. And it, it's one of those, again, we talk about messes all the time. I talked about, and both of us did, Birds of Prey, but I didn't really get angry because I think that that book can turn it around and do something. And I want to be well, interested in it. We've already seen the writing on the wall from graduation day, and this is just extending it like to the nth degree. It's getting worse. It's getting worse, and he doesn't want to give you any, because I don't think he understands how to write a comic well. He's not a good writer. Hate to say it, but you're just throwing things. We're stacking concepts on top of each other without doing anything with it. Starfire continues to have no reason to be in the book, but it's in the book. You end up having just everybody just randomly saying things, and by the end, at one point, you 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 actually have... The the breakaway faction of the Reach that are known as as the Horizon that are a part of the city now. You have, you know, Fadeaway Man, you have gimmicks here, you have the two other scarabs from the Horizon that are on the team, and they have more panel play Ben Piney does this entire issue. You know when I realize that it's bad, and it's kind of something with Perth of Prey as well, but not... You know it's bad because you sit there and say, Man, all these characters have so much more screen time than Jaime. 
but yet you don't know anything about them. How is that possible? How are you not doing character work with these characters that, you know, you end up having gimmicks and nothing? Doing nothing that is memorable or able to get people excited about that character. So why are you wasting time with that? You end up having the other Beatles that there's nobody out there. There probably is a handful of people like, oh, I know all the names of these. You don't even know the names of half these characters. And we have dealt with them now over and over and over. But nothing ever happens. Well, even the idea of in, the, invested in them of the yellow beetle that we have here, like you know, whatever the blood scarab did to her previously, it really zonked out her powers. That's like, all right, we guys, we have to fight now. She's just powered up. She's fine. It seems like I'm like, yeah, I guess that that's really what I'm wasn't saying. And so when you even have the stuff with you know Dan Garrett, like, that's cool and it looks cool. But even then, especially in the golden age style, of it yeah, the golden age style, that's fun. That's, but that's that, tying in the blood scarab to that whole original continuity of the golden age stuff. The fun is the art mainly. You do get some deal, but you're not even giving us much in there. All you're doing is saying, "Look, that's where the blood scarab is from." And there's there's no spark to this book. There's no interest in my mind to do it. And every time I read it. It is beyond me that this isn't a miniseries. I keep reading like this has to be. Oh, it's an. How is this an ongoing? This is. I wrestled bull with that person myself this, this time around. This is such bullcrap here. And we said graduation day sucked. Then you did nothing, and then you go to here and you're doing nothing. And again, I know that if somebody's out, I always think somebody's going to say there's not real solid sales deals or whatever. Nobody's reading this book. Nobody reviews this book. There's nobody involved in it because it is garbage, as the French say. And it's a mess. At one point, you legit, and I'm, I want to be a, more of a Blue Beetle fan. And you said, I just want to tell everybody, when you say that you love the character Blue Beetle, you love Jaime. Like, it's uh-huh. not the idea that Ted you're Cole there. Well, and, but I'm saying people, there's probably people, I love Blue Beetle, but you, oh, he probably likes Ted Cord. You, you love well, both, no, I love and you love too, Jaime. Yeah. And so when you have this at one point, not a huge Jan Garrett guy, but Ted Court and Jaime are where it's at. <laughs> legitimately, at one point, going to figure out, oh, how are we going to take down House Victor? You know what I think? I think we need to get that scarab off him. Uh, really? Yeah. Like I think that I could have figured that out. I'm a dummy. I mean, that was the big thing. Get the scarab. Oh, I think that might work. Then, like you said, to then make it worse. Oh, you know that thing that made kind of Kajida reboot and end up getting stronger in your connection. Let's do that only bigger. All right. Well, and then for whatever reason, right. because we don't know the rules of anything, the blood scarab decides to go and kill everybody at a, at a soccer uh, game, and he can turn all the dead people into zombie scarab army for him. And I'm like, okay, you got that too. But I'm like, just there's just so much outside of the blood scarab that we know. Like it, It's so far removed from anything with even the reach, the horizon, that I don't fully understand it because it just has a power set. That nobody wants to talk about because it's just about Jaime. Like, he threatened my family. I'm going to kill that son bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think that Josh Trillio is trying to make fun of sports here? I'm telling you, it's such a little thing. But, oh, what's that? You know, the place where people get drunk and abuse the ball. I'm like, no, they don't. The people who are drunk are watching it. They're, they're, the athletes don't do Get out of town. I get so angry. <laughs> so stupid. But you have this big play, and it's like, okay, let's draw him in. Oh, he's at the stadium. Let's go and hit him with a nuclear blast from space. And what's going on in this? Like, nothing of nothing. You have Jaime who barely. Well, even is the idea anything. where you have this because you have the, I, the the makings more so than I think that we previously had of Victoria Cord becoming more of the villain aspect character that she was in the Blue Beetle movie, which all the series and graduation they want to do is kind of make the the movie 
into the main continuity because pretty much for the movie they scrapped everything that was good about Blue Beetle and said let's change everything and do something different over here and then DC Comics says well we did it for a movie let's do that with the comic book series <clears throat> part of where we then introduced Victoria Cord and now it's like okay Brenda is her intern for some reason working hand in hand with her she creates this gigantic death ray from space but waits for Jaime to be right next to the, the blood scarab and says Brenda I need you to push the button and you know pretty much blasting both the blood scarab and Jaime at the same time yeah I love that play, too. It's like, well, you know, that wasn't me. She pushed the button. Really? And like you said, the the movie, you know, whether or not reasons, whatnot, but it didn't do great or didn't do great. And then you're changing and wondering why people aren't into this book, because nothing is happening. It is a bullshit book. Everybody I see online, because I waited Everybody to watch it on Max. Everybody who seems to like it. Yeah, they they think it's the greatest thing ever, but I'm like, were you Blue Beetle fans before? Because that's it's, it's a fun movie, it's cool, but it's just that they came up with every aspect of that, and like anything from the comic is the bare minimum that got put into that script. Well, also, again, you know how it is. I'm, I'm we were talking in between sections here where we're going to do our books of the year and things like that, and there are some people who will just like something just because a big portion of people hated it, and they want to. Hey, look, not everybody's hated. It's so weird, but. I watched half of it. Legitimately, I've watched half of it. I was having fun. I, I yeah. didn't hate the movie, but I ended up where I was tired. I, I just went wanted to them bed. to be more like the characters I knew and didn't come up with new characters to fill out the roster. And where I'm going to tell you, and kind of this book is not even as good as the movie. I think you'd agree. But yeah, even if definitely. you didn't like the movie or whatnot, I got halfway through and thought, oh, this is kind of fun. I don't mind this. I thought it was going to be worse than it was from everybody yelling. And I got tired and I went to bed. I never went back to watch it. I, I will someday, maybe, but it didn't really have that necessary deal of like the next day I got up. Oh man, I'm good. And I just, it kind of got away from me now because it is what gotta it get was. Back it was on that just, Beetle train. It was just kind of like a little diversion that one night that I couldn't fall asleep and I didn't finish it. So when you get to the book though, now we're getting a water dump because that the worst part is, is Josh Trillio is, Trying to tie some things up or introduce things with it, but then also trying to make it work with things in the past. And he doesn't have enough chops to even make the regular story work. And he's trying to do all these things. It becomes a mess. It is a mess and, and a mess where it's all swirling around Jaime, who's doing nothing. And he's even going against himself. And then you have Starfire. It's just too much and too much in still, it without I anything going more on. For the idea of Kanji Da being the thing that Dan Guerra had, but he still looks like a. A dickhead in a spandex suit that gets laser vision for some reason in this, but like, j- j- just the thing though, like, I always needed somebody to make that work. Obviously, Kanji Da the Scarab was like, you know, damaged, so it's not going to have the full power that it has now. But it's just, I always needed there to be some kind of difference between the Scarabs. Like Kanji Da is the thing that made Dan Garrett do the superhero, saying his magic word almost like a Shazam. But I always needed there to be there some kind of disconnect between what we have now to them because it still never makes sense to me for those to be the same scabs that give these two don't people powers. Don't expect it here because they spell Well, not now and, because they spell it out. And so think of this. In this whole deal, and I'm, I'm including Graduation Day, in the landscape of Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle, Kanji Da, you end up having the Horizon come down to attack Jaime because they think, oh my god, we just got you know A this reach. reading. It's the reach. We're going to attack. We're going to make these two new Beetles. And that just ends up being nothing. We we that's huge stuff. That that's enough for an ongoing for that whole play. But it was resolved like, oh man, we're friends, but we never learned anything really about anything. 
And now you end up having the other two Beatles just kind of, oh, well, we don't have anything to do. So we'll have Paco interested in here and we'll have the, there's the big ideas become so small so quickly in this book because that's big. That's big stuff. And it's not even really referenced that much anymore. The idea of having these horizon refugees, that was kind of like one panel. And then that kind of gets pushed aside now in the play where you do have Uli of the like like we're supposed to know <laughs> like there's never been any sort of character or nothing and it just ends up being a wreck and then at the end you just have my you know like you said the idea that Jaime I don't want to kill him I, uh, I think I'm awesome I'm gonna kill him it's almost like I'm gonna kill him like you don't want to kill him you don't want to I, I think, think I, I want to kill him, kill him. <laughs> that's all it ends up as and then at the end of, it ends up like Josh Trillio trying to make everything so big, but never set it up so it feels just small. It just feels like nothing, and it feels ridiculous. Oh, no, I think Jaime might die. Oh, he's not going to die. Oh, no, I think that you end up where Brenda's going to be upset because she, oh, she's not going to kill him. He's going to be superpowered. And where is the play? Because I really do think the real issue was going to be, hey, this kid or guy who has this blood Scarab. He's a victim. He's a victim, but I, you're not, se- and I think we'll still get that, but we're not setting it no. up. So it won't mean anything. They'll have, there's no emotions, nothing. It's just characters. Just kind of wish it was a living mummy. To go to the next deal. Yeah. And then even the idea with, you know, Fade Away is just there because Just Trillian wants to put the character, and he's just in the background, like, hey, don't steal anything. I ain't gonna promise. <laughs> and then we move on. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Look at me. I'm fade away. It's just so stupid and goofy. Gimmicks comes in to do nothing. Everybody's well, doing nothing. Too. I'm giving this a four out of ten, but I think the art is fine for what it is throughout because I, I don't hate looking at it. But the thing is, the book is just overcrowded with characters who actually have nothing to do. So you're not getting a lot of story because it's just panel after panel of characters standing around talking about things that don't matter for the story, and then the issue's over. With a little bit of action tossed in, a little, for a little flavor, a little sprinkling of action. The, just to play that deal, where you get the final solution, I don't want to, I should have said that, but you get the whole plan, it just ends up being, oh, we'll do what Cyborg did to you in the other book. Well, let's do that. Like, there's not, there's not even anything new. It's Push the just button, like Brenda. You know what I mean? It, it, it isn't even something they really figured out new. It's just like, oh, I guess we'll do what Cyborg did before. But like you said, better because that'll do it. Okay. And even when they do it, you even say, you mean the thing that made him? Even the idea of tying it into the movie because in the movie, Ted Cord was believed to be dead, and then by the end, it was like, oh, he's just missing. He's he's trapped somewhere. And he's fine. He was taken out of the story, though, because the blood scarab hurt him. But now we're just left with Victoria Cord and her machinations about whatever she planned. So you're pretty much even jiving this up with the idea where Ted Cord's talked about, but he's not in the book anymore. And she doesn't realize that he's okay, but we know he is. And it's just a wreck you're going for. Uh, um, The art is okay. I think I'm just used to it because it's been the same artist. I'm going to go yeah. 3.5. It's just bad. This This book is just, there's no... I don't see any purpose that it serves except for having a Blue Beetle book out there. And it's it's a shame again because I think that, you know, there's going to be people who like it. But some people are going to go in saying, oh, man, you know, the movie I'm going to see. And, and this doesn't make any sense. It's poorly written. And they're just going to, eh, I guess he doesn't work in the comics. And this is why Eric Shea doesn't get things that he likes. This is why sure. you end up because 
you you like these side characters, and unfortunately, at one point, please don't treat any character like a side character. DC Comics should treat all these characters like solid gold, and then if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Then you can say, well, you know what? Everybody's Batman. And you may, yeah, and you may say the idea of like a Blue Beetle, maybe you come to the realization that he works better on a team, or he does this, but... Give it a shot. I mean, give it your all here. This is like a bullshit idea. Be like me and you. Like we want to start. Just don't try to ape a movie. Yeah, and we want to start a rap career. And I'm doing that bullshit that I do in the beginning of the, <laughs> the roll call. Uh, I already left the rap group. <laughs> I know, but we might start a new one. The Bat Tag Clan. The darker ones. So I'd like to be the Bat the Bat Tag Clan. <laughs> Not the Wu Bat Clan. That seems good. Yeah, too. No, I'm going with Bat Tang Clan. You were right the first time. What ends up? Ha- this is something that you know to get a little personal. This oh, is something sure. I I am. You're turning your chair high- around, talk to the I, kids. I'm going to talk to you and the kids. I just turned my head around too because I'm about to arm wrestle. Right, I am sense. somebody. I'm somebody who uh, is very competitive. I if I'm going to do something, it drives me nuts if I'm not the best. But because of that, I will avoid things. That I know I'm not good at. And that's that's a shame, right? But it's also where if I get forced into it's it. avoided most things in life, kids. Yeah, well, yeah, fatherhood, you know, <laughs> sonhood. Is a, but the other play and what I think about this Blue Beetle book and some of these others is how DC's treating it is. If I'm forced to say do something I've never done or whatever, then I become jokey-ass Jimmy because I don't want to have to admit that I'm bad at something. It's not me being bad. I'm just goofing off. I don't really care. But I do. But I'm trying to play. And that's what this feels like. It feels like let's give it some bullshit writer because we know it'll fail anyway. And then we'll just be able to blame it on that and yay, whatever. And then at the end, nobody wins because you end up where the character could be great, could be a big thing. But you're not even giving it the chance because you don't think it can succeed from the get-go. And it's a bad play. But maybe it made a few bucks for DC Comics so it can fund another book going forward. Yeah, it's telling you when i looked at like the last the issue is. the last issue or whatnot i think it was like ranked in like the 180s something like nobody's reading it and we said one of the big plays is to look at how many people reviewed it not no not many people even touching this it's like one of the least reviewed books each week that it comes out and it's a shame it has three reviews three reviews eric i mean that that's cra- batman scooby-doo mysteries has four that tells you something right there. It's just not this Scooby Doo. It's pretty good. That actually, that actually, <laughs> we should start. We could do that. That would be our book of the week. I guarantee that. I guarantee we're going to go to the last book of the night and the section. This is one that Eric Shea loves. He cannot get enough of this. And I, I'm telling you, I, I, everything that Jim just said about Blue Beetle, just yeah, say well, this that's about the fire nice. I was just going to say before you said that. I hate to go to this book because it's going to sound like a broken record. So we're not going to deal too much. Fire and Ice, Welcome to Smallville. Number five, this book, written by Joanna Starr, blocked us. Art by Natasha Bustos, blocked us. Colors by Tamra Bondalon, blocked us. Letters by Ariana Mayer, solid gold, Eric. We are not blocked by her. She <laughs> loves us. I don't know. <laughs> she probably doesn't know about us or she probably would have blocked us. Uh this book is just not good, and you'll have a lot of people, I've dealt with people personally, that will legitimately say, oh, man, the worst book's Fire and Ice, Welcome to Smallville, and I'm like, oh, what's your least favorite issue? Oh, I don't read it. I'm like, well, whoa, no. what, you don't like it because of the first day? Oh, no, I, I'm not going to touch that. I, I'll never read that. We read it. Well, we maybe read outside of 
maybe outside of just like weird hate, maybe they have a sixth sense that allows them to know ahead of <laughs> time that a book is going to be garbage, as the French say. The sixth sense is, I see bad books. That's what you whisper uh-huh. as, as the kid. The problem, and why I wanted to bring that up is because we do not like this book, but we don't like it because of everything that's in it, everything no. that isn't in it, and everything that it seems to try to do and not do it. Yeah, it, it's, it's the got idea so that it's many just things wrong. blue and gold, but doing it five times worse somehow, but making the characters look worse as well. I don't understand, like, what is this doing for anybody in the DC universe, not like outside of readers and stuff like that, because maybe you can get a jump in here, like, hey, it's like a, a colorful book with some funny jokes and some gags here and there. <laughs> funny books. Maybe that's what you're all about. I don't know who you are. That could be it. But if you just look at these characters, like, this is a chance to reintroduce Fire and Ice and sorely misplaced heroes who haven't had a thing to do for, in decades, it feels like at this point. And since, like, you know, Justice League Generation lost, as far as I'm concerned. But it's like you have the chance to reinvent them for a new reading audience or maybe just bring back the old reading audience. And I don't know who this will be work for in that case to make them legitimate going forward out of this book. And I see people, a lot of people put it on their uh, books of the year list. I think that's Max. nonsense. I think that's, and really, I, I hate to tell people what to do. <laughs> but if you end up seeing this on anybody's book of the don't go to that site, podcast or whatnot ever again. They're going to tell you it's gas, but it's ass. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's bullshit. And either they are trying to fight back at something and try to, or they just don't know anything. <laughs> I hate to say that, but they're just dumb. But when you go into this, this is where I had people. And I liked actually the first issue and a half, maybe, or two. I thought that it was trying to do something different. I've talked about it before when we review this. But a lot of people, and this happens with me and the amazing Spider-Man when I'm doing that stuff. Oh, you know, Spider-Man, he's quippy and he's funny. People say to me about this. Oh, you know, it's from the JLI. That book wasn't serious. It, it was all jokey. Here's the thing. It was jokey. It was never a joke. This is a joke. And there's no way that you get a hold of, you know, Demetrius and rest of soul, Keith Giffen, where you say, would say, you get a hold of some people? Well, yeah. if you would end up saying you have a little, you know, Ouija board and say to them, oh, was your book a joke? They they probably slap you. It'd be like saying, you know, to the astronauts, hey, you weren't on the moon, they'll punch you out. Like, there's well, never no, a time where any of these, right, like, would say, oh, yeah, yeah, that was just a joke. No, they had characters that were obscure characters that they did what they had to do and actually exactly. turned it into solid gold pretty much and gave it a vein where it was a lighthearted, funny book. That went well against what the Justice League had always been. So it had because that it play. Had to be. But it, yeah, because they only had certain characters that they can use. So with that, though, it was never a joke. This book is a joke. This book feels like Joanna Starr is writing it to convince you that DC Comics is a bunch of bullshit and you shouldn't even read them because look at this. I'll ask you a couple questions before we even go into what what passes as a story here. Why did they have to go to Smallville? I know that oh, the idea where she said, I didn't want to go to Smallville, they made me, but why? Because you haven't taken any bit of advantage of being in Smallville. And at the beginning of the series, King Shark shows up for this fight. Superman immediately is there to stop it. You son of a gun, you don't bring the... Now all hell is breaking loose. The guy is MIA. You know, Superman should have been here 80 million times, including making sure that his drunk-ass mother doesn't get in an accident on the way back to the farm. I mean, there's uh, the, the play. 
I mean, this is such a fucking joke. And even that's 11 a.m. Now, yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, she's like, I just want more orange juice. Oh, my. Mama uh, loves the juice. Yeah, she loves it. Give me more of the juice. So in this book, you, you open it up where Fire is waking up in a daze because she just got railed by Lobo that night. So yeah. she's walking with a fucking limp. Then you find out that Lobo ended up stealing all the prize money. And I put that in air quotes because who cares with this whole play and this is another one of those All the books. prize money from all the freaking people that were doing reality, like, you know, the real world with the fire and ice, who are sleeping in a cave right now. So all the prize money that was there for some reason, it's been now been taken by Lobo, who wrote on the wall, thanks for the loot, buttheads. P.S. Your pie stinks, Elbow, the main man. Uh, this is a joke, Eric. I mean, you see that, and at this point, like, also, am I the only one? I mean, reading this? Yes, yeah, Eric. No, am I the only one? Who every time you start an issue, you think you've missed three. Like you start out and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Because now all of a sudden, I'm not just talking the beginning. Well, I'm talking even, the whole I, thing. Like all of a sudden, what, introduced concepts and things that never were set up. And it's just wacky, right? But like, what do these villains think <laughs> happen? Because obviously the money's gone. They're pissed about that. So they're just going to take it to the town and steal everything they can from Smallville. But thanks for the yeah. loot by heads p.s your pie stinks elbow maybe he's talking about elron so like but the main man but the idea then in Catman or whatever this guy's man he's like she doesn't like elron's pie she she is evil who is she that the cat man is talking about thinks it's lobo and i think maybe that was just a mistake uh i i did because see honestly, the elbow i can see as a diss for elron but i originally wrote it, i thought it was like a weird slang for lobo calling himself elbow no, it was, it was just a diss. It was like a really bad diss at Elrond. I mean, that's... I'm telling you, you put an extra O in here, it's almost Lobo's name. <laughs> I know. It's just bad. But it's weird, because in this book, you, you, have, you haven't set up these side characters. So when you get to them and you want to have these jokes with them, most people don't know. And then characters they do know, say, like Gentleman Ghost, it, 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 Gentleman Ghost you don't just is uh, no, and it's just the idea of whatever they want Gentleman Ghost to be. Oh, we kind of need a dead man. Okay, we'll, we'll use him for that. Oh, we kind of need, oh, we'll use him. And it, it's just not right. It, it's just everything's all over the place. But the main story here does end up being Fire and Ice not getting along. Originally, it was that Ice might want to settle down. She's like the small town, but I don't know Fire what's going on with action. that. Fire misses the action and wants to get respect. The accolades, yeah. And but it it kind of got away from it. <laughs> it's like now it's just zany craziness. It's the idea of all these villains and even the play where when Fire got all these real world SPO Big Brother house type deal with these villains, you were expecting possibly to get the idea where oh everybody thinks King of Cats is fucking stupid. But we're going to see that yep. he, he actually needs to be redeemed. Oh, my God. He's actually got a heart. Nope, you never got stupid. any of that. Yeah, everybody's just ridiculous to the point where they don't even become memorable to when we get to this issue. And you see, uh, there's nothing that's been going on. And then suddenly it's Rocky, the waitress that's been friends Rocky with Road? Ice. I said before I, I made the call that it was going to be one of those crazy masks. Well, that's, well, that's the thing. Is that, that, you know? they, this is how they get you, right? For some reason during this whole real world freaking, you know, road rules, break brother, whatever fucking reality TV shows thing we're trying to do in this whole salon in Smallville, 
We had somebody that decided we're going to go and get, become cannibals and eat beef eater, one of our bullshit villains. Oh my God, we got cannibals. But nobody really seems worried about the idea of this happening. I like, I kind of remember something like this. I'm yelling Wendigo this whole time, but it's something from her uh, Nordic background where at one point her and her, her like, you know, fairy tale family who lives, you know, the way they do. Yeah. They were uh, taken upon, given the hunger by cr- this character Crave, right? Who, who is found out about where ice is because of this reality show and has taken it to Smallville. But on top of that, we have Rocky Road, who has been taken over by one of the masks that is having up in the salon, part of like, how I many guess things trophy can you stuff throw in here, right? That is like the, the embodiment of Kui 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 Island that wants to rebuild itself here in Smallville because. Where's I, Superman? Because <laughs> Somebody just, calls Superman. He needs to get here. Yeah, just because. Because when you're going through this and you have all these plays, like things are just being thrown at you. And really what I've learned is, number one, fire, kind of a sleaze, right? I, I'm not going to mix words here. Anymore, there, yeah. like, right? So there. I'm saying from this book. You got that. And I also learned that Ice, big dummy, just a moron. Because she goes in and, hey, Rocky, what's going on? Nothing much going on. Wait, everybody, nobody's eating. You better get to work. Okay. And they're and all just the zombies the and she just you, walks away. When you're describing the idea of who fired Ice here, this is a very much a caricature of their actual traits. Like, you know, Ice can be naive at times, and Fire can be sexual and adventurous and stuff like that. But this is but just to the extreme. Just turning yep. them into caricatures of who the characters are supposed to be. So you say you want more character than caricature. Like, oh, my goodness. I do. I do that say that. Good. And it is true. Everybody ends up where it's their, you know, one trait that Joanna Starr has gotten to the nth degree. And you have that. Then in the meantime, you end up getting Tam and she's upset because she slept with this honey. And I'm like, I don't even care or know. You didn't set up enough. And then it's like, I think that they might have set fire to the to the salon, but we really but don't you, know. It but doesn't they might matter because doesn't they, matter. they were one, they were a villain. But it like, why matter. would they do that? It doesn't matter because we have another thing to show you that this is happening because of Kui 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 Island bullshit. That does, it just comes out of nowhere because we decided to hang a curse freak a mask on a wall that is the embodiment of an island that's no longer there. Yeah, I'm like because they needed knickknacks, and, and this is and this is somehow separate from the actual cannibal problem that we started off with. Yeah, and there's still the cannibal problem. You still have Lobo stole the money. And then you have this, and then it's not enough to just have, oh, honey, that uh, then honey's, you know, dissing Tam on the, the text. Maybe <laughs> it's like, better what is this going way. On? Like, what all is right. going on in this book? And then through all of this fucking mess out of nowhere, you end up fi- fires. Oh, my goodness. I don't think that I've treated ice well. <laughs> Just slips up because then you go to Rocky's brother, you go to the bar, then he's doing this, and then he's mad about Lobo, and it's all well, just comes idea crashing in on him. He's mad about B sleeping with Lobo, right? But then you have Gorilla Grodd's sister come in because at this point the villains decide, look, all our money's gone. We're just going to rob everybody in Smallville. She comes in to rob Charlie. And the thing is, fire is on Gorilla Grodd's sister's side because you charge $8 for a beer, you're stealing from us. And oh, fuck me. Fuck and me. So, you <laughs> you have about five five villains, five or six villains, right? So they're there, and they're like, oh, man, all the prize money got stolen, so let's go and steal from this town. And even at the one point, now we're going to throw in jokes. Why didn't you rob from the bank? Huh, in this economy? I'm waiting for just joke to joke, like really old school. Hey, take my wife, please. That, it's so lame. And so what are they going to steal anyway? And it, it, where's Superman? 
And then at one point you end up having Martha call. She's hungover. She don't know what the she's at the hospital probably because she got in an accident on the way home, drunk ass. And it's that Crave who's shown up. I'm like, what the fuck is happening in this book? Crave was just introduced. You end up having this island. What is it? It's so Kui Kui Island. Kui Kui Island. A little callback. Kui 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 Island. It's like Charo made up a fucking character when you say it, Eric. Gucci, Gucci, go. We're hitting all the kids' freaking meme feels with the oh, yeah. Charo I'm, I'm, call I'm out. I'm telling you. And then, uh, then at one point, you want to really go, because you're going to do that callback, so you, you have blue and gold in the book that's trying to aid blue and gold, but there's not enough there. And then you, you have, have gold? I always saw blue when I was reading. Yeah, he's there. He's got the ladies. He's holding them on the corner. He's got this one lady in his hands. And then you, yeah, have, go back Ted, and look. you have Ted pushing this lady out of the way. You'll see it. But yeah, all in all, it's like all these characters. And then, oh, no, everybody's oh, being there controlled. Oh, I miss him. Everybody's being controlled by Kui Kuchi Kuchi Island, who's now looks like it's tapped into the red and it's trying to make an island. Superman's nowhere to be found. The green. Yeah, yeah the green, I mean. You end up where at the end, well, is grabbing people, Eric. So I'm going to say a combined. Superman's going to come in and like, what the fuck? Rocky now being taken over by Gucci Gucci Goo Island. She's controlling everybody. And you get a call from drunk ass Martha saying, oh, my God, there's somebody who needs to talk to you. Oh my, it's Crave, it is And yeah, that ends it And everybody's like, oh no We better go step that I think that what happens at the end Superman comes in, says, what the hell did you do? And they're going to throw shade Get out of my town And I think that's what he should do I think that they're going to play the idea Or worse, they'll stop all this Save Martha And then somehow Superman will come in and praise them For this nonsense We'll just get credit Uh, and they'll be even angrier Yeah, yeah yeah, I think that what he's going to do is, oh, how could you do this? And then they'll throw it back at him. You're the one who forced it to do this. What right did you have? Let's all get, just get the fuck out of here. And then Gentleman Ghost will be like, why the fuck was I in this book? Ye old people. Poor Gentleman Ghost. Hello, love from Gentleman's Ghost. Yeah, and I have and nothing to do. Yeah, beef it. Beef eater got freaking eaten. R.I.P. Well, according to Joanna Starr, you can have gentleman ghosts possess people, so he just possessed the ghost of Beef Eater. So there you go. It all works out. Possess the, the ghost of Beef Eater. Exactly. I mean, why not? So a ghost possessing another ghost. Gucci, Gucci, Goliath. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite thing from this whole series. The idea that this is on somebody's end of year best of. Best of. Really, all that does is tell you, boy, it was a kind of a down year. We've had some problems this year, and I do agree with that. Shenanigans. They're a lot better. When you when I read that, I the first thing that I think of you saying like, well, "You got to read more books, dude. You got to do that. It's it's bad." What would you give this? I would give this a two point five out of ten. The story is just atrocious all throughout. Characterization, still like you know, the plot in general, and the art. It's it's okay. It's just it's not something okay. I really enjoy for how it is, but it's. It's got a style to match the, the cartooniness of the story, but it just makes every the, the story itself and the characterization just makes everything pretty awful. I think before these last couple of like the first two issues, I said, you know, the art does, fit, you know, it fits the story. I don't even know what the fuck the story is anymore. So I don't know what would no. fit it, except that. I mean, when I read this and you go and, and at this point where you're like, Oh, you mean the big bad now becomes 
a ancient folklore villain we never had before. Uh, just gets thrown in. Okay, that makes sense for this bullshit. Why not? And then you end up where Lobo with this What are you jokes, doing? Ice. It looks I, like you're remembering something. I am. <laughs> I'm remembering this thing that me and my mother dealt with all these time ago, all this time ago. It turned out to be crave, something that made you have this irresistible hunger to eat human flesh. Oh my goodness! And then uh, you know, at points you end up where, hey, gentleman ghost is pickpocketing phones, and you know, brainy ass. He ends up like smarty oh, pants. Man. It's the only one I remember. But that's the problem is Smarty Pants, that's kind of funny. He's a tick villain, if anything. You didn't do anything with him, though. You could have, and even then, when he's like, yep, old daddy always says, work smarter, spend harder, and starts patting his butt brain of his parents. I'm like, all right, I mean, maybe. Butt brain of his parents. Yeah, that's what it is. And Maxi Zeus is like, boy, that guy's slumming it the fuck up. Like, this guy's got to get out of here. That guy used to mean something. He, I, I'm, I'm thinking he, he's like to a degree, uh, well, maybe. To the thing is, he could at least say, "I was in Batman books at one point." What is this? He's bullshit? relegated to King Tut status anymore. Yeah, it, it should have been King Tut. That would have been Agreed. kind of funny. Old King Tut It'd probably be a little sleazy, right? A little bit of a peeper <laughs> that King Tut. Yeah, the boy King. And I don't know what you offer me here. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> you got it. I don't. What? What else? Who else can we throw in this bullshit? I mean, uh, here. You end up almost, I don't want to say ruining the book, because how could you? But Ambush Bug is in this book. Do you even know that? Because at one point, the only thing he does is he's spooning, sleeping with Maxi Zeus. He's always stealing potatoes, too. Yeah, and stealing potatoes, Eric. Potatoes. I thought it'd be corn, but it's just me. I I don't know. Uh, Two out of ten. Two out of ten. And... Even, you know, Grodd's, you know, sister. You, you could so Linka? Yeah, Linka. You should have done more with that. Like, you didn't do anything. I, this, You know what this reminds me? First off, it reminds me of that bullshit Titans Academy book, but through the filter of Mark Russell. And what I'm saying is complete and utter garbage. Right? Doesn't it feel like that? Like, you, you're doing weird stuff, but then you're trying it's like, to do let's that. Let's take One Star Squadron, Teen Titans Academy, and make the worst book possible. Let's put them together and shit out the nonsense, which is just a shit there, Eric. And that's what this is. Two out of ten, you're a 2.5. You are a positive Peter. That's you right. are. Look at me. Oh, my goodness. All these books that sucked and not once. Thank you, Sammy. I'm going to play that every episode, but what is your book of the week? My book of the week is a tie this week between Batman 141 and Neil before Zod number one. Yes, uh, I think that mine is Batman 141. But I do actually suggest people check out Neil before. I actually say everybody should check out every new number one, whether oh, yeah. or not. Yeah, we say it's great because, you know, you can make your decision for yourself. And we usually do give issues three, no issues before, but. I don't know anymore. We'll I don't know anymore. About Holy <laughs> moly. Things are, are really going off the deep end. But just as an aside with that and kind of mentioning it off and on through this, me and Eric are going to go and do our books of the year, maybe a little harder this year. But at least we came up with a list. There's been other years where we actually just bailed because we didn't even have enough books. We're like, well, I mean, you know, sometimes we're a little harder. In our criticisms than others But anybody who puts that fire and ice on Any sort of end of list needs to get their head checked But here is what we're going to be talking about Next week, these are the books that 
No, Eric, we're going to be talking about, but also looking forward to talking about, and hopefully we can end up kind of getting this whole thing, you know, back on the train tracks. Is that what they say? Back on the train oh, tracks, no, yeah. No, I'm telling you, Get on this, that trolley. Whole, this whole, that fire and ice book, it's one of those, it's the joke and it's the thing, but it, it seems to make me dumber every time I read it. But here we go. Next week, these books will be on the podcast. Two of them, though will be on our Patreon spotlight that comes out every Thursday night. And if you want to listen to that, you end up going and signing up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. And you can go, if you haven't already, go get a seven-day free trial. Listen to that spotlight and a lot of other shows as well, including one of the things that me and my man, Dr. Matt, are doing that you were excited to hear. Eric. We're going to be starting Zero Hour in right, our crisis, crisis podcast that you really Liked and I've never read, so I'm excited to do that. But we have other reading clubs, including a Grant Morrison reading club that I do with Ray. We have a Walking Dead comics reading club that I do with my man Mark. And also, you know, as a deal, a Hellboy podcast I'll be doing this week with Simon as well. There's plenty others as well, and manga, and all that stuff, all that stuff. But here are the books. A lot of stuff. I have a feeling that I kind of know what we're going to be talking about on the spotlight. I'll give you my predictions, but. Action Comics number 1061, Bizarro, it's Jason Aaron coming in to Big take books. over. A lot of people are upset that Philip Kenny Johnson got booted from the book, but it is what it is. Oh, wait, we'll see. there's more. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to actually tell me breaking news, Eric. But yeah, we end up having a Bizarro story, and hopefully that works out. I hope that that Shazam didn't skew us in a weird way, because it did feel like that should have been like the setup for it, but no. Agreed. We have Batman and Robin number five, a book that should be so much better. That oh book God. should be like, like we can't wait for it. Every time it pops up, I'm like, the hell were we doing with Shush that last time? Like, oh, yeah. Look, I just retweeted something that Joshua Whips put out about a cover of Robin on there. How much he loves writing Damian Wayne and Batman and Robin. I'm like, I will retweet the cover because this looks great. But that book needs to do something in order for me to keep saying, boy, I want to read Batman and Robin. Yeah. And though. He's he does a good job enough with Damien, but it's not enough, and you end up having weird plays. And now, oh, we're... by the way, Father, I think that my teacher is also this the, the trainer I had from years ago. Thanks for telling me that. Finally, Damien, I want Batman to be like, listen, son. It might also be shush. Are you an idiot? Uh, all these people are in danger, and you're just gonna throw. Also, remember, Damien didn't want to go back to school. So, what was he gonna do if he didn't? I mean, now he says he's undercover. Was he just going to leave that go? So ridiculous. Mummy's the word, because shush, yeah. Looks shush. like a mummy. Batman and Robin number five. Thank we you have for explaining it to me. <laughs> Green Lantern, I meant that probably as a kid or something. Green Lantern yeah. number seven. Is there anybody who's done like a skit where it's like single mummies and they're on the pole? Like, you got to get them single mummies off the pole. Would that be good? I don't know why that made me laugh. You thought it did, but all right. <laughs> Green Lantern number seven, Eric. I think one person out there probably. People love the Green Lantern series, and I want to love it too, because Green Lantern, especially Kyle Rayner, is one of my favorite characters. And eventually he's coming back with the rest of the seven core members right now. But um, this book just feels like it's treading water, waiting to do something. And I'm hoping that this issue is finally the one that does it. Yeah, and it seems like it's set up to be. I actually were talking to people in the Slack about, you know, little books of the year and things. And I said, I. I like the Green Lantern book. I like it. I don't love it. And it does. Like you said, it feels like it hasn't really started. And I wonder if it's that whole play of you got to wait, 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 because we have that whole 
hey, we we have to wait to reveal what the United Planets are up to and that whole quarantine. Seems like it might be. Yeah, and it kind of seems like it's kind of put a Especially kibosh on any sort of deal. Now. That's what I'm saying. And now we can start hitting, because that's what Jeremy Adams, and I love Jeremy Adams, and he said that this will be the issue that we start seeing more and more stuff going on. So that'll be cool. So I'm looking forward because I do want to love the book. I think it's I think it has the potential and Jeremy Adams certainly does to get us well. Like a Jay Garrick flash right now. I love it. One of my favorites. Sure but here's the next one, Eric. We'll see how this goes. And we said just a second ago that we give a book three issues. Now doesn't mean we won't review we say that, but yet we're stuck reviewing these things most of the time till they're done. But right. Outsiders number three, that book. I think right. it really Planetary needs to do three. something. I think it needs to do something to grab people, or that thing's going to just fade away. Because six and, issue you know, many, yeah, it, it it'll be that play. Marvel does that so many times. I even saw one of the books. You have books at Marvel where they'll be out, and then suddenly they'll say, "Oh, by the way, this was always going to be six issue many, five issue many." You're like, "Yeah, what you say?" Somebody ended up where a couple of those. Was their limited series of the year And it made me laugh so much I'm like it wasn't supposed to be a limited series And it, <laughs> and, and it failed And yet it's and it was terrible It's but, almost like Tom Taylor coming out I was like oh yeah my Suicide Squad run Was always supposed to be 11 issues Because you know why wouldn't it want to be 11 do, issues Well you say that do you, do, We didn't really even make the connection But here it is He said the same thing when people said about the John Kent book They're like, oh, my God. Oh, no, no. It was always supposed to be 16, 18, whatever. I'm like, what are you talking about? These things are wacky. Like, just admit that things ended and it wasn't doing great. It's very odd. Like, when Nightwing gets canceled and they're like, oh, man, it got canceled. go, no, no, no. It was always supposed to be a 73-issue run. Like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? Speed Force number three. (laughs) <laughs> Thank God it's a six issue many. Oh my God. It's I'm telling you, like what? a lot of books we talked about this like tonight even, this should be a really cool book, especially if you're a Flash family fan, because you don't get enough Wallace West or Avery Hell, but this this take on the characters and even the storyline, it's oh my just God. It's it, bad. it is a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Wouldn't it have, would have been so funny to have Take Poison Ivy out this week and put Speed Force, and we would have went Speed Force, Blue Beetle, Fired Ice. We would have blown our minds. Remember that the thing, too, with Speed Force that drove us nuts isn't just the idea, oh, don't know this character, but it was more of Mr. Terrific who can't work a phone. Like, that was the epitome of how stupid that book is. The idea that, that this guy, the this coldest son genius, of a bitch you've ever seen, who's like, look, people might be dead right now, but I got to think about the bottom line. Well, thank you, Michael Holt. Thank you for becoming this. Oh my god, and then we have the rappers I can't remember that mumble rapper That I, I always like wanted there's, to there's say There's like, a bunch of rapper Queen names B I don't or them. something. There was one that really like Floated my boat, man I'll tell you, but we have the next one It's Titans Beast World number but don't, 4 no, no, Even before you get to that, you gotta remember As much as you thought that the music Mice was behind us, we gotta remember from the previous issue No, it's not, it's the Fiddler It's the Fiddler or the Getting diddler. done up for his press conference by Mad Mod how can so much go wrong in two issues? That's it, it, beyond me. Uh, you know that this next one, we'll give it a fair shake, but it's it, it, there's a lot that book has to do to get good. Uh, I don't yep. think it has enough space. But have a new have, writer. Oh, my. Titans Beast World number four. I'm looking no, forward, forward to, to that. It. The, yeah, the main like, story's been good yep. in my mind. Yeah, that, that'll be on the spotlight, I guarantee. And the way we're that talking. comics? <laughs> I actually think Speed Force will. As Speed Force seems like the one that <laughs> even when we're you know railing into it, it's like, ooh, I'm going to pick that for them. 
And maybe it would be good. We get a good one and a bad one, but we'll see. We'll see. I hope that the Beast World, uh, because the last issue wasn't the greatest. It was that middle no. issue. You had some fighting. I hope that we get some meat on the bone there. And then a book that surprisingly, I, I think that it was one where I'd say, I think Eric might dig this eventually, but I didn't think that I was going to enjoy it. But I am kind of enjoying it. It's Wesley Dodds' Sandman. I'm enjoying yeah. it beyond the point where I really don't care that much about the character. But it's it's kind of getting me involved. I'm kind of getting excited the about it. The Mad Guesser. And the Mad Guesser. The, the weird thing about it is it might be. It's called The Fog, right? Yeah, The Fog. It might be one okay. of the more serious books that we deal with. Would you say that kind of the way it's that? It is, like, but it's oh, hard to take it seriously with Riley Ross Art. The, the thing, though, is we have so much fun laughing when we talk about the book and i don't know how like we always find some wacky thing and i always have fun talking about so i'm looking forward to that and that's it not a lot of books i think seven books that we're going to be covering and two of those will be on the spotlight so pretty cool in and out mean you don't have to do our stuff on the friday nights you always appreciate that uh but overall that is it we'll be back Next week for that, I do think Titans, Beast World, and Speed Force. But again, if you want to listen to that a ton, I'm just thinking go Action over. Comics and Beast World. It might be. Action Comics is a big one with Jason Aaron jumping in and didn't even mention it when we said Action Comics with the deal. I really, really like Off World, Batman Off World by Jason Aaron. So I'm hoping that I get that kind of deal. I'm going to lose my mind with Bizarre Talk. I'm going, it's going to happen. Yeah, probably. It's it's funny where they have that intro at you know the little prelude t- kind of preview. You and have most Bizarro see, talk and Superman trying to do Bizarro talk. So you have two people doing Bizarro talk. I'm just sitting here losing my mind. And the funniest thing is everybody I talk to. Oh man, that's such a good preview. And then I'm like, Oh, Eric's not gonna like this. And then you told me it's like Bizarro talk is bullshit. Well, that's and the like, thing. It's like you know, I like personally it. just don't care for it because a lot of times you'll find that writers screw up when they're trying to do it. Like something that should be reversed. They I do the like. And the thing is. I'm constantly trying to think, are, did they screw up? Is this what they really mean? And I'm trying to make it context, but there's no context because it's all this nonsense with the bizarro talk being the reverse of what they try to say. But sometimes things were reversed that shouldn't be reversed. And I'm like, I'm yeah, still oh, I'm trying to you. lose my mind. But now the book looks great from the art preview that we have at the back yeah. of this whole thing. But it just seems like they have these big panels that like, you know, maybe like two panels per page where you have six pages, like, and nothing's happened yet except for like a punch that hurt around the world. Well, there was something earlier in the Shazam book that I didn't because sometimes then the writers kind of end up in like a corner and they have to kind of fudge things because you end up with the Pizarro talk. It's really hard to get things going at any point. Yeah. And there was a point in that Shazam where you do have that play where he's like, me, me am like beautiful things. Does that mean he doesn't like ugly things or is it that he doesn't like beautiful? Because it kind of was like a weird play because you don't know what words are opposite if it's the whole thing and it's all, it gets crazy. It's tough. It is People, tough every, to every do. writer does it differently and it's always a freaking challenge to try to jump on board with how they're trying to do it. Same with Satana backwards magic. I was just going to say backwards word magic. There are things like that that end up and then Josh, was it Joshua Williamson who did it where he even reversed where the, like yes. the upside down switcheroo? The switcheroo, the first switcheroo. word at the bottom backwards and the last word on top backwards. What are you doing? Now you're really, you're killing me. Uh, but those books will be. All those next week, and so hopefully we get some better books. I'm looking at the lay of the land. Some of these things are, haven't been our well, favorite. So Jason I'm worried, but, hammocks. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to see Green Lantern, but we have some others. Well. Hopefully, like an Outsiders, Speed Force, Batman and Robin. Hopefully these get better, and then we can tell everybody they' pretty cool. 
Those things are pretty darn neat, right? Gucci, Gucci, Goliath. That's the best thing that came from that fire and ice. I'll, I'll appreciate that. Thank, thank you, Joanna Starr. You did, you did your job, but that's it. No, no, no. All she did was reference JLI. That's all she did. I know. That is true. That, that is true. It's funny. That reminds me of talking to my man Ryan. And he was saying about the villains in the Moon Knight book. And he's like, well, they all were bullshit except this one. He, he didn't realize that was a thing from way before. It wasn't, yeah. Jeb McKay didn't come up with that. So it's kind of a shame, like the one thing that it wasn't is. So you're right. Gucci Goo Island there. But when we get done with that, what do you have? Kui, kui, kui. Kui, kui, Uh What do we say at the end of the show? <laughs> Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.